Get fired up for another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. A constant barrage of eye-opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo. Featuring Chris Field. On the streets, he's known as a jackass. Parker Clayer. Yes, there's no two ways about it. He's super white. And Alex Sinar. No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. Entire production supervised by Bigfoot. Uh... Now, let's join the boys for their latest episode. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. My name is Chris, with me as always is Parker and Alex, and we watched Nighthawks, our first British movie. <laughs> Thank you, guy, Alex, for giving us a little bit of culture. Tell me, who's Chris I mean, a cop? Chris is like a lady? <laughs> what? It's funny, because like we literally talked about this before we started recording, and you said that, and I'm like, oh yeah, Rucker Howard is his first terrorist attack, and he- oh yeah, never mind, that's what he means. <laughs> no, no, that's not why it's funny. It's funny because he's in a dress, but he's a man. Who comes up with this stuff? <laughs> Oh, we're going to get canceled for this episode. Before we get canceled, Parker, do we have any news? You know, who should be canceled is uh, Shanahan for leaving RBG in the game so long she got fucking murked out of existence. <laughs> it's a good thing this episode Look, won't get uploaded for a couple weeks. <laughs> it's it's really nice because like I feel like people are like two for a hundred on funny RBG jokes at this point. Like, we get it, guys. You're trying your hardest, but hey, sometimes you're in the 2%. You gotta just swing for the fences. It don't matter. I laughed. Like, I went from, like, an hour of, like, none of these are funny. This is so lame. To, uh, R.I.P. R.B.G. We loved your cool-ass machines. And I was like, all right, never mind. We're back in. <laughs> I mean, I, I told you about someone getting very excited to tell me that we had an RPG Funko Pop in stock so that's where I'm at on this (laughs) is that your jerk of the week buddy (laughs) that's his hero of the week exactly Uh, thank you King for standing up for our abuela (laughs) (laughs) shit okay Uh, here's a piece of news that actually made me really sad Um, Netflix cancelled my favorite show uh uh, the Dark Darling Crystal. in the Franks? No, Dark Crystal, uh, <laughs> Age of Resistance. Um, I, I just really liked that show. I thought that was really well done. And uh, reading the article that talked about its cancellation, I don't know. I, I don't know if it was too expensive to produce. I don't know if not if people were watching it. Um, maybe it's just a case where they kind of build up these shows for like one to two seasons max just to get a whole bunch of subscribers or maintain subscribers. And then they just kill them off well. and keep their low budget stuff going. Chris, buddy, I I hope you're not very invested in any other Netflix shows because they are tens of billions of dollars in debt. So that's uh, the thing is I'm I'm not really a Netflix guy. I've been meaning to cancel my subscription for a while, and no, maybe it's my fault that this show got canceled. But I'm probably going to buy it on Blu-ray. I too need to save up three months to buy Mulan on Disney Plus. (laughs) (laughs) Oh fuck, that is on. Oh god. Let me just check the scores real quick. Sure, (laughs) hope the football team won this week. Oh boy. Let me just uh, consult my records. Oh. Jimmy Christmas. <laughs> what okay. a waste of a space that would be. Chris is just going to watch it anyway so he can get all righteous fury not, about it. No. Uh, uh, Parker, do we have any other news? Here. I'm sure this stuff, but it's all the same shit. Okay. okay. Uh, I ain't breaking so, down trailers. 
better okay, than that. Good, good. Never do that. Um, let's get into our jerks of the week. Oh, fuck. I can't believe you've done this. Uh, my jerk of the week is all of humanity. Um, our good friend, friend of the show, uh, one of our sister satellite shows, Glenn Beck, uh, recently said that <laughs> if you have uh, <laughs> if you have a degree in journalism, then you are an enemy of humanity. And honestly, you look at me, you look at humanity, bring it. Come on, let's go. In the streets. You know my dojo. Oh, we're talking about dojos now. Yeah, this fucking... <laughs> I've, you're speaking my language. I've never turned down a fight, and honestly, I'm looking at the way humanity is shaping up right now. I don't see anything to be scared of. I didn't hear no bell. Chris, here's the thing. There's this guy, you may have heard of him. His name is the Joker. (laughs) He's a clown prince of crime. (laughs) Is he your jerk of the week? Imagine getting Joker pills while watching Glenn Beck. (laughs) My jerk of the week is the Cheeto Man. Oh no, what did he do? (laughs) I don't even know. I just couldn't think of anything. Oh. Well, this is the whenever I can't think of anything, I just get to say the words "Cheeto Man," and tens of listeners have to hear it. Yeah, so. this is to the, the stop-dominant podcast. All of my bird teams this week. <laughs> call, call, motherfuckers! Yeah, I got a jerk the week for you. Everyone involved with the Al Davis Memorial Flame. It's a fucking CGI LED log. Go fuck yourself. I, I was in the middle of work and someone t- is like, oh, that's clearly a joke. I pulled up the video and I almost threw my phone against the wall. That is how we honored the great Al Davis. A goddamn fucking Phillips LED Yule log. Absolutely eat shit. He would have loved the savings, though. It's true, yeah. Oh, man, loves value. <laughs> so this is you know you, you, you turn that flame off it goes out right away uh, you know that's the fastest flame I've ever seen that's the thing the original uh, Yule log that they had for him burned out faster than any of the other uh, pieces of timber that they had <laughs> now having a deeply cursed thought of all the people saying like RBG meeting fucking <laughs> T'Challa in heaven but she's just meeting Al Davis at the pearly gates <laughs> <laughs> It's such a cursed thought. You know, they look pretty similar by the time they... they really okay, do. Anyway. <laughs> I mean, they, they played about equivalent defense by the end. Ooh, okay. I wish Al Davis officiated my wedding in the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> that didn't look like he caused the pandemic. All right, uh, we're all thinking of the same picture. <laughs> if we ever find out the pandemic started at P.F. Chang's... <laughs> Okay. Oh man, you think people God, get we're mad getting if I... so esoteric already? Yeah, right. <laughs> you think get mad if I posted RBG dies alone, surrounded by her closest friends? <laughs> All right, I'm probably Ray gonna have to cut article that. history. <laughs> All right, it's fine. Okay, let's let's actually start with uh, no. Kevin James. Hey, our boy. I don't know. What sound effect I'm going to use to signal the beginning of the Kevin James okay. segment? Are we all going to do our Kevin James movie together? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. All right, yeah. cool. cool uh, I it. thought that would be a little bit more fun. Like I mentioned off mic, uh, I looked at the filmography of Mr. James, and I was like, "Tell you what, uh, Alex mentioned the spirit of the game, and I in in keeping with the spirit of this game, I decided to go for the Kevin Jamiest movie I could find." Uh, I went with one that he helped write and produce. It's called Here Comes the Boom. Um, my personal take, 
I think I got his best movie, Hotel Transylvania not included, because uh, he plays a really decent, likable guy in this. Uh, he got into relative shape for this movie. He apparently lost like 90 pounds to get into it. It still looks like he's like three bills. And uh, it kind of does use his wrestling background. Um, it's it, The basic premise of this movie is he's a teacher at a high school. And they're going to cut the music program because they don't have the funds for it. So he's teaching night classes and uh, for like how to become a citizen of the United States. And it's making like 100 bucks a week. You can't make $50,000 off that. So he goes over to a friend's house, they're watching UFC, and some guy gets the shit kicked out of him, and he's just like, oh man, that was a dumb decision. And the guy's like, yeah, he only made like $3,000. He's like, what in the world? He's like, yeah, but if he won, he would have got $50,000. He's like, well, take the $3,000. Just do that, the multipliers. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Giant multiplier on his career. So Kevin James gets the shit kicked out of him repeatedly. Uh, so you can't really say you don't like it. And here's the, here's the cool thing. At some point, he gets a little bit of confidence and is training really hard, and he actually starts winning. Uh, there are some genuinely funny moments. This is going to sound kind of weird. I think Kevin James is actually pretty funny. I think he's charismatic. I, I think if you uh, remember what I said about Pixels, where he plays the President of the United States, that's not a criticism of the movie. He's one of the best parts in playing the President of the United States. Uh, I used to watch a lot of King and Queens when I was uh, King of Queens when I was in college, and I, I thought he was really funny. I thought he had uh, really great chemistry with whoever that female lead was. Um, and in this one, there's some really great moments. Although I have to admit, I laughed at a lowbrow one. <laughs> he eats some old rancid applesauce because this is the only thing he has. I, the circumstances <laughs> of which... <laughs> the circumstances of which are not important as of right now. Uh, anyway, then he goes to a fight and he miraculously wins. And he doesn't really know what to do when he wins. So he's kind of thinking like the wrestling thing, uh, you know, go over, shake their hands, you get your hand raised, you go back to your thing. He goes over and he, he the guy's still on the ground. He's just like, Hey man, good fight. And just pukes all over the guy's face. And I just, it's so fast. It's like, Hey man, good fight. It's, it actually kind of fucking owns. Uh, the music teacher is played by Henry Winkler. Who's, actually kind of good uh salma hayek is in this as uh as his love interest and uh <laughs> sure all right yeah whatever yeah. I, we'll get to that actually yeah so here's the thing you look up uh, kevin james's wife my wife yeah exactly yeah you look her up just like oh okay even hotter than salma hayek sure okay fine whatever i don't even care um my so- wife is hotter than kim kardashian <laughs> there's you know here's the thing uh it's it's not like a perfect movie. This isn't like yeah, you know, I might even rewatch this. But as far as Kevin James movies go, I th- I think I got the good one. Uh, tell you what, uh, which one of you wants to go next? I'm in no I will rush. leave fate <laughs> up to you, Parker. You want to go or should I go? Nah, you go ahead. All right. So last week I watched a lovely little movie called Marmaduke. <laughs> And you know what? I decided that I didn't have enough CGI animals in my life. Now, you see, Chris, you talked about Kevin James's background as a wrestler. Mm-hmm. I also explored a piece of his background, you know, when he was a zookeeper. Now, I don't know if that actually happened, but apparently these, uh, these animals with their big, flappy CGI mouths think it did. Oh, Let me set no this movie boy. up for you. So scene one. 
Kevin James is on the beach, riding a horse, gonna propose to his girlfriend, who's like, yeah, no, sorry, I can't, you're just a zookeeper, and I want all these other things in life. Scene two, he's back at the zoo, and Ken Jong is there for some reason. <laughs> It'd be weird Damn, if he wasn't. Chris, I thought you watched the best movie this week. <laughs> It's a good thing we have a Kevin James We we have... (laughs) Instead of Ken Chung. (laughs) We have Kevin James giving the toast at a, uh, what I believe is like a pre-wedding party for his brother, who is, of course, one of the asshole Germans from Beer Fest. I thought you were going to say Ken Chung You figure it out. (laughs) And you see, he's up there giving the best man toast or whatever. And he sees his ex that dumped him on the beach. And what does our boy do? He starts stuttering and talking about animals. So instantly, incredibly relatable movie here. This is just Andre. Now, see, normally when you get a movie with talking animals, we don't get the reveal of the human finding out that the animals can talk. We get that in this movie, as Kevin James hears the voices of his zoo compatriots for the first time, including Sylvester Stallone as a lion. Fuck. No. It's the king of the jungle, it makes sense. Both Judd Apatow and John Favreau, and also Cher. Hey Parker, buddy, you're from the South. You remember Adam Sandler's Waterboy voice? Wait a second, Parker's oh, from the South. Oh no 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 <laughs> You you wanna hear that on a monkey? That seems racist. I don't know how, but it does. That's weird. Adam so, Sandler's in a Kevin James movie? So here's the thing that you need to realize, guys. You know, I said a couple minutes ago, this movie's all, you know, CGI animals, their big flappy talking mouths, and the whole movie's, you know, about them, you know, they hate his ex, and they don't want them to get back together, and the other, the person he ends up with, the other hot zookeeper, played by Rosario Dawson, and mistaken by my lovely girlfriend for Michelle Rodriguez, somehow. Ooh. Oh. And she did not want me to tell you guys that, but, you know, <laughs> shh, don't tell anybody. Oh, boy, it's a racism um, card, <laughs> They're not even the same race. Like I don't even understand. And not important. So anyway, I brought up the CGI animals in this movie. And what I should have said is the CGI animals except for one, because the gorilla voiced by Nick Nolte is just a dude in a gorilla suit. <laughs> and it did so much for me. Did they terrorize like, Bam's parents? The gorilla is incredibly standoffish. And also, like, if you've ever seen a movie with a dude in a fucking suit. It's literally this, except this movie also has, like, CGI animal voices and shit. So it's just this, like, dumbass, like, $200 gorilla suit lumbering around. Him and Kevin James are good friends. They go to TGI Fridays together. There's an extended sequence where the gorilla does bar tricks. Is there, like, is this, like, a Dr. Doolittle situation? He can talk to him? They can talk to him? No, apparently the animals can talk to everybody, but they choose to talk to him because he's a good zookeeper. I'm yes. not kidding. That is the conceit of this movie. I want to watch the zookeeper, you guys. <laughs> Dude, it did so much for me. So, like, it, it went from, like, oh, this is just talking animals, half a star, up to, oh, this is just talking animals, and also Nick Nolte voicing a dude in a gorilla suit, two stars. And then he goes to be his ex at a party, and she's like, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, get down. My other ex is here. And who would you like to guess her other ex is? Uh, hold up here. Uh, Jason Mimosa. 
not quite 2001. Oh, but uh, you're thinking, you know, you're thinking like fighting in MMA. You're on the right track. Oh, no. um, not John. Oh Sonata. yes, please God, be Chuck. Oh yes, Channing Tatum, please. Worse. Fuck. Vin Diesel. Joe Rogan. About to say it's got to be Joe Rogan, right? <laughs> That's wait. Joe Rogan was in two separate Kevin James movies. He was in mine too. He just shows up. It's like, hey, you dated this girl. I dated this girl. I'm Joe Rogan. I'm the Alpha. Let me back you up for two seconds because, you know, the animals were giving Kevin James advice on how to get women. So he goes to this party and immediately pees on a plant. Folks. And then Joe Rogan shows up. We're at, like, minute 40. Is this, like, no. in Brett Favre and there's something about Mary? Yeah. Just shows up. Basically, yes. <laughs> Look, I'm not saying that Donnie Wahlberg is definitely there. God. Fuck. Okay. I, look, every single time you say Donnie Wahlberg, all I can think about is him in uh, what is it? Dreamcatcher. Just think about Duddits. Yeah, I yeah. think about Duddits. A good friend. How can you not? Yeah. I, I as one is apropos to do. I can't think about him in any other role. Fucking watch look, that uh, World War Two thing. Yeah, I've watched Band of Brothers like a dozen times in my life, Even and Duddits pops Duddits. into my head first. I understand. <laughs> look, Parker, stop laughing. It's not funny to make fun of him. The zookeeper fucking sucks. <laughs> but also... Kevin the zookeeper kind of owns. <laughs> he can talk to all the animals and also he's an alien. <laughs> he can talk to all the animals and duddits. Look, I mean... Well, I'll cut that. <laughs> I don't want to give away too much. But you see, he tries to get back with his ex, and then Rosario Dawson's like, Oh no, I'm in love with Kevin James. This is so sad. I have to take a zoo job in Africa. Uh, like, uh, pause. what yeah. is this movie? Uh, <laughs> Hang on. Uh, We're about to take an earnest direction here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's about to get real bad. Tune in for the zookeeper, too, and find out. No, no, no. no Please don't. don't if that exists, like, that. don't. Like... I fucking hate talking animals more than almost anything in my life. And, like, we were playing a board game while this is long, so I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll just put the Kevin James movie on in the background and, like, only pay, like, 70% attention. I was riveted. <laughs> because it was so stupid. The fucking, like, the fucking guy in a gorilla suit may as well be second built in this movie. He is there <laughs> so often. And if you, like, just imagine, like, the gorilla and Kevin James running around at TGI Fridays with them in their, like, 2011-ass striped TGI Friday shirts. Like, that's seen enough as, like, yeah, it worth the price like of admission alone. It is unbelievably stupid. And next time we roll the Kevin James dice, I'm sure one of you will be watching it. <laughs> There's Absolutely. a next time. Yeah. There will always be a next time. Parker, tell us about Kevin James. Well, I did not get any Joe Rogan in my film, unfortunately. What? But okay. the good news is, <laughs> Blard is back, baby. <laughs> Round two <laughs> with my dude. I'm so happy that you two admitted to like laughing at things, because I had like a genuine laugh that I was immediately upset about. Well, this movie opens with just a sad sack montage of his life falling apart, and like the girl he wanted from the first movie just immediately divorcing him. And he's in the voiceover just, well... I always had my mom, and then she immediately gets hit by a milk truck, and I laughed so fucking hard. <laughs> I was so embarrassed, like, 30 seconds later. But the dead seriousness in this woman just getting hit by a bit, and she's never seen again. She just dies there. This is the sequel? I, you watch Reds again? Yes. 
Walmart rides again. Does he ride a Segway? Does he? (laughs) Do you mean is that the centerpiece of like two or three scenes? Because that's an affirmative on that one. I'm using mall cop lingo now. I want to be part of the team. (laughs) Hey, here's here's a hint for you. It fucking sucks. <laughs> you don't say. I don't know. Maybe Parker's just biased against Kevin James. He hasn't seen the sites that we have. He uh, just hates malls because, you know, they're anti-tumbleweed. Right. <laughs> I will say maybe it's because I had to watch fucking Larry the Cable Guy last week. Yeah. But I was impressed at <laughs> how many jokes were teed up that all paid off in the very end. It was like a... I'm not laughing, but hey, good job, movie. Well, so it's Way better than Where the Cable Guy. That's what you're saying. It's a movie. Like, even the new Adam Sandler movies are just, hey, me and my friends are going to go to Insert Island. Let's film for a day. This is, it sucks, but it's a movie with things that are set up and then established and then pay off in the end. So I'll right, give it so that. the standard is Larry the Cable Guy. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> the suck line. <laughs> you're welcome. I mean, actually, I Parker, you're right about it entirely. I mean, it's kind of it's kind of like what I was saying a couple weeks ago about like the horror movie thing. It's just like, geez, now that I've seen the bottom of the barrel, yeah, sure, Sleepaway Camp. That's like two stars, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> like it's pity. it's hard to shit on Kevin James's fat guy comedy when you've seen the puppet guy on Comedy Central. Right, exactly. Yeah. Like I'm looking at all these half star reviews that are trying so hard to be like these fucking epic takedowns. It's like. Y'all, this fat man eating shit alone, like, 18 times is worth, like, a star. Yeah. Because I will give him nothing else if that man is committed to violently and quickly eating shit. And that'll, yeah. that'll jostle a laugh out of you, I'm sorry. Like, here's the thing. When I say about, like, Kevin James was good as the president in Pixels, I'm not saying put him in a dramatic role or anything. But the guy's got charisma and the guy's got some pretty good jokes. He's a, he's a decently funny guy. I tentatively look forward to the next Kevin James role. Yeah. That side eye that Parker well, and I just gave I him. I sure him. hope the Jets and the football team won this week. <laughs> it got so cold in here all yeah. <laughs> But Alex mentioned something about a multiplier in the Discord and immediately <gasps> felt a chill go up and down my spine. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you guys respected the game. Well... I there were no, there were no, there were no Kevin James speedruns. Just here. wish the respect was reciprocal. So tried to no clip my way through the Kevin James bibliography. I watched the entire <laughs> filmography on three different screens at four times speed. Okay, so let's get into the rest of what I watched. Um, this is one that I got assigned. Uh, sometimes you make a really funny joke and it backfires on you. Uh, Parker assigned me the spirit. Uh, which I think was actually directed by uh, that psychotic comic book guy. A um, uh, regular cool oh. guy, Frank Miller, friend of the show. Oh, right? yeah. the With Joker? Normal... <laughs> yeah, that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Written and directed by T. Joker. You can't Joker. say psychotic comic book guy and not have me say that. Come okay, on. Yeah, I know. Uh, anyway, <laughs> in the moment, you said spirit, and I was just like, wait, the animated horse movie? And you gave me the option, like, okay, you know what, Chris? You can go ahead and watch your animated horse movie. Parker gets Give animated just cats. enough rope to hang yourself with. Uh, Alex gets animated dogs. I get animated horses. Um, <laughs> it's funny because whenever we bring up horses and Chris, I think about War Horse and how Aaron Sorkin said that that horse deserved an Oscar. <laughs> did he really? <laughs> he did. Holy shit! Um, so here's the He's thing. So cool. Here's the thing about Spirit Stallion of the Cimarron. 
Uh, my experience with this, before I had seen this movie, I had seen a lot of this on like Facebook memes. There's like, remember this movie from your childhood? And it's always shared by girls like, oh my god, I love this movie so much, and the horse was so free. Uh, this movie sucks. Um, it's not like the... Uh, again. Know, I've seen it. <laughs> I, I've seen much, much, much worse, but I think I have a special strong dislike for this movie. It does nothing. It goes nowhere. It has no thesis. It's kind of a pointless movie. And I guess the worst part about it, and there's really no respectful way to say this, you can kind of smell the fans of this movie. You can just smell them jacking off to this movie. Like, the horse... I'm not saying it's drawn in a sexual way, but... That horse is drawn like fucking Fabio for horse girls. You know? You could, Fuck. like, all the horse girls are absolutely jacking off to his long mane and, like, his face. Giant 14-inch Rasputin dick. Yeah. Just, like, you you look at it and you're like, oh, he's so free and he can run. And the songs are by fucking Brian Adams. Holy shit. <laughs> There's like, man, you should have watched the Frank Miller movie. I should have. I think that would have been better. Parker, you mentioned like, hey, Chris, how many songs are in this movie? I don't know how many songs are in this movie, Parker. They're all fucking bright. Like how you said it in a mocking tone. You're the one who chose it. I know. You fucking idiot. I know. I know. I the know. Canadian government has repeatedly apologized <laughs> for the actions of Brian Adams. Hang on, Brian. I'm gonna look up the lyrics to one of his songs. Okay, Spirit, Brian Adams. The top 10 yeah. sexiest Sonic the Hedgehog horses. Literally, uh, the lyrics or something. <laughs> it's that horse. No, here's the thing. You look at it, fellas, <laughs> keep your girls Fuck. away. Um, okay, so. Oh, I thought you were talking to us. <laughs> yeah. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, anyway. Uh, so the name of the song is Here I Am. It's by Brian Adams. Here I Am, This Is Me. There's nowhere else on earth I'd rather be. Here I am. It's just me and you. Tonight we make our dreams come true. So again, it's a very sexual movie. It's a new world. It's a new start. It's alive with a beating of young hearts. It's a new day. It's a new plan. I've been waiting for you. Here I am. Here I am. Here we are. We've just begun. And after all this time, our time has come. Yeah, here... Yeah, here we are, still going strong, <laughs> right here in the place where we belong. Yum, yummy, yum. I smell a treat. No, it's just... <laughs> nevermore. It just feel. It just feels like this is like the most simplistic like lyrics I've ever heard in my life. I'm just thinking like, oh, it'll be a musical. I'll tell the story of the Cimarron and the wide open plains. No, it's Brian Adams being like, I feel so free when I'm running in the open whatever bullshit Canadians talk about. I fucking hate this movie. <laughs> it's not even Chris, like... I have an important question. Oh boy, what is it? At what minute does the horse meet Elizabeth Warren? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Uh, here's the thing. Uh, well, let's be positive. Let's say it has something nice about it. Uh, the animation's okay. It's not even, like, really good. It's just like, that's eh, all right. Uh, the horses move realistically. A little too realistically. Um, the horses also don't talk. They have inner monologues. Um, they call it... They, oh, good! Yeah, they call... <laughs> Sucks! Yeah. <laughs> I, think the, I think the main character, who doesn't have a name, uh, is voiced by... Um, who's a kid from uh, uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. 
But yeah, who's Matthew it? Broderick? Yeah, Matthew Broderick, sorry. I was, I was oh, I thought that was a trick question. I was like, no. the other guy? I don't oh, fucking know. No. Is he still allowed to drive horses? Nah, nah, here's the thing. He shouldn't be allowed to voice characters. Have you ever heard Matthew Broderick voice act? Besides The Lion King, he sucks at Yeah, it. we watched Godzilla, man. Oh, God, he was awful in that, too. That dude's just... Maybe he's just not a good actor, all right? Maybe at some point after 1994, he just sort of fell off. He is so... Ba- or whoever it is in Spirit, Stallion of the Cimarron. It's just not a very good movie. So I would recommend... Not watching it. Next week's episode, no. Black Beauty. <laughs> Speaking of sexual. Easy. Anyway. Um, Easy. <laughs> so I watched uh, another documentary called Feels Good Man, um, which is about our good friend Pepe. Feels Good Man is a very good documentary. It's about the guy, I believe his name is Matthew Fury, who created the original Pepe comic. You know, he pulls his pants down to go pee. Feels good, man. Uh, and then the really racist got it. <laughs> Uh, which is which is a real shame. It, it tracks. It does actually a really good job. A really good job of like tracking. Like, oh, it was originally this comic, and then you know, white nationalists got a hold of it because it was mostly a four chan thing. And the main problem with this documentary, and I feel that it is a very serious one, is it doesn't track what Pepe has become now. Uh, Discord and Twitch have reclaimed Pepe, and that's why we get all these really. Parker, your girlfriend used the word that I think is extremely appropriate here. Cute pictures of pepe and that's what makes exactly that's what makes him fun like you got that picture of him of like link from wind waker throwing him off the cliff that's so funny (laughs) it's so cute there's there's nothing like racist or anti-semitic about it it's just you know it's a cute little thing that being said i can understand some apprehension uh parker in in the chat with girl alex i i still think that if we were to post one of those guys she'd be a little apprehensive you know like the nazi imagery is still kind of fresh in a lot of people's heads a lot of people now they don't even think about that original comic with matt fury they just think about you know oh the pepe and they're gassing jews and the thing next to him and i think that's a real shame because uh Pepe has not only been reclaimed, he's kind of been reinvigorated. He's like a, a real character now, that Poggers thing. It's, it's like a real thing, and I, I'm, I'm really happy for the character, which feels so weird to say because he's fictional. He doesn't have feelings. Uh, one of the more disastrous parts of the documentary is poor Matt Fury is, no offense, he's kind of kind of an idiot. Uh, he's like, oh, I know a good way to, uh, to uh, you know, reclaim my character. I'll kill him off. Yeah, it's a drawing. You know, it's, how many times? Uh, how many times? You know, DC... comic books are well known for the uh, the sustained deaths of their exactly. How many so. times has DC tried to kill off Superman? Parker, don't answer that. It's it, it, you're uh. not going to be able to. <laughs> yeah, it's you're... you can't literally call it the death of Superman. Yeah, man. So, come on. <laughs> so here's the thing. Um, some of the best parts of this documentary are the animated sequences that I believe Matt Fury worked on. So. I would still give this a recommendation, even and especially to you guys who probably know the entire history and, in fact, know more about Pepe than even this documentary will tell you. It's still kind, of, it's still kind of fun. It's uh, it's still an enjoyable watch, so I, I give it a chance. Oh, Pepe just under that blanket kicking his little feet. Yeah. <laughs> Cracks you've me seen, up every time. You've seen the angry one, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's just fucking pissed, but still kicking his little feet in excitement. The, the one where fucking... After after Adrian bought all, after Adrian pre-ordered the uh, Xbox, that he posted the one where he retreats to his couch, lays down like he's <laughs> flat Stanley. <laughs> I have that exact one, except he's getting into bed. Like I just haven't posted because I haven't had an occasion to. Because like who sleeps? I, I, but, you know. Yeah, I thought that he was going to like 
get he should for the bed one he should get in there like paper mario <laughs> he, oh hey, buddy don't worry okay. i think about pepe jutsu a lot <laughs> just turning into a log the one i keep thinking about is him where he just retreats to his cave he's posting it thank you god <laughs> <laughs> look at him clip in the bed hey clip <laughs> Pepe, you cheated not only the game, but yourself. You just speed ran into bed. Okay, anyway. Um, uh, I love you, Pepe. No. The next movie I watched, Parker, is not a French New Wave horror movie. A lot of people seem oh, to say God. that it is, but those people are going to hell for lying. The name of this movie is Them. Uh, it is, in fact, a French-Romanian movie. And the basic thing, it's a home invasion thing. Oh, that one. Yeah, I haven't seen yeah, it yet. That's the one uh, like, Strangers is based on. Yeah, it's very, very it short. Um, so here's the thing. These people, this couple, very well characterized. You care about them. They seem very likable. That's a, a very important thing for a horror movie to do. And they are being terrorized by someone and you can't see them. Anyway, um, I'm not going to spoil the end of it because I think you, you might enjoy this, especially because you're... Uh, either Propensity 4 or a version 2 uh, home invasion movies uh, depends on the yeah, day buddy I, I don't I don't want to uh, give away who's bothering them but at the end of the movie I was left really flat I was like kind of thinking to myself what that's it I, I did the press triangle on the controller see how much time is left in the movie I'm like oh my god there's 20 seconds left in the movie you're, you're gonna end it like that I, I was about ready to call this one of the all time worst endings and then it turned around to be one of the all-time best endings for uh, just saying uh, a set of words that uh, that reinvigorated what it said at the beginning of the movie that I forgot that it was based on a true story. Oh, and that, nope. yeah, exactly. When I was a kid, <laughs> nope. I used to get really scared by stuff that was based on a true story. It's like, oh, that can actually happen. Like, like Friday the Thirteenth is stupid. I I can't really believe in that. My you know you know no lack of belief there. But this, if it actually happened, that's so scary. Wow, that, I mean, that changes everything. And I looked it up and it didn't happen. So, uh... Nice. <laughs> I should Good be mad. Because you, you know how I get when a movie is, like, blatantly uh, dishonest or, or, or uh, not accurate or something like that. That gets me, like, really steamed. And I guess I should be mad, but it saved a really bad ending for even 15 minutes. I guess it was worth it. I don't even feel bad. So, uh, Parker, I'd say watch it in your future because it's like 76 minutes. You're Ooh, like, come on. Talking, yeah, exactly. There you go. Yeah. And then I, yeah. well, <laughs> I have to admit this one. It's the first time I watched this. I mean, oh, is this the first time you watched it? I watched Wreck. And uh, hot take for you. Wreck is one of the best movies I've ever seen in my life. It's really good. Yeah, that's... Fuck it. The whole last 20 minutes is... Just I'm scared to call because I might shit my pants because I'm just clenched up. So That's I... the thing. Uh, Wreck is uh, <laughs> Wreck is Wreck is a lot of fun. Um, I like the entire beginning before anything horror happens because it's so good at characterizing everyone. It's so good at like characterizing the movie. You know, you're not expecting what's going to be happening now. When that guy jumps off the ledge and brains himself in the lobby, oh, my eyes ju- just raised up above my skull. Um, it was uh, it was so much and the, here's the thing about it that I think people really need to give credit for it's kind of like the one cut of the dead thing you have to give so much credit to the production team like that has to be so hard to stage 
I was so impressed. And it's not just with like the uh, the makeup and the effects and everything like that. And not just the story. It's getting a person to stand in the right place where the lighting is going to be just right. You know, that's what makes this so much fun. Uh, Parker, you know I don't really get into found footage movies. I think it's just this, Going to Haunted Asylum, and uh, and Blair Witch. But this one's really good. And a friend of mine said Wreck 2 is pretty good. Uh, they haven't seen Wreck 4, so apparently they have that. Um, now, Parker... <laughs> <laughs> of course they do. Yeah, now, Parker... Parker. Parker. Buddy. Parker. Uh... We have to go double team here on The Lost Boys. Let's reword that. The second you said you watched, I was like, okay, I should probably watch The Lost Boys. So here's a, again, a little background, Christery. When I was dating that really goth girl back in college, uh, she had a whole bunch of movies that she needed me to see before I could date her. And that was... This was not one of them. This was not one of them. I had to watch uh, Interview with a Vampire. I had to watch Queen of the... I didn't see Queen of the Damned. I tapped out before that. Um, oh, yeah, I know. Mistake. I missed out. I had to watch the... Future f- episode. I had to watch the oh, first yeah. two Ginger Snaps movies. I had to watch Jaws for some reason. Um, a whole bunch of uh, horror movies with her could could you imagine just being able to be like yeah watch these movies this is my list you have to watch all these before i could like being a girl must rule dude yeah i've (laughs) it was uh it was a dark time in my life was it worth it yes anyway uh the lost boys was on there and i was able to skirt that somehow and for the longest time i was just like yeah i'll get around to it parker i think you were the same way yeah, I've been burned so many times. Like, well, I bet if I grew up in the '80s, I'd love this movie. Exactly. But I'm 30, so I kind of hate it. It's kind of like the so Goonies, uh, Monster Squad, that sort of thing. It's just like, well, I can't really get into the, this uh, movie about 13 year olds having a wacky adventure, you know. And additionally, uh, the trappings of this movie made it seem like I don't know if this is going to be much fun because they're vampires. Because uh, I, I mean, remember last week I watched Near Dark. And uh, didn't have the the most upbeat uh, tone ever. This movie is different. This movie is... It's kind of perfect, isn't it? It just does everything right. First of all, that song, which is going to be infectious. My God. That shirtless man playing that saxophone. Oh, God. We need to talk about that guy. I have no one to blame but myself for doubting sweet, sweet Joel Schumacher. That's my own fault. That's a good point, yeah. Yeah. I let myself... Mike, dude. It's so fucking... Alex, have you seen The Lost Boys? I have not. (gasps) Okay, I... Let me sell you on this movie. Corey Feldman. That's pretty much all I can say. start over. (laughs) Okay, so here's the... I I really do need to go into Corey Feldman on here. Apparently he showed up on set coked out of his mind. And uh, Joel Schumacher... Good for him. And Joel Schumacher (laughs) sent him home. This kid is maybe... Parker, how old is Corey Feldman? This movie, 12? Um, yeah. Something like that. He's doing a really affected. Well, we need to talk about bigger. his voice. So he he comes back. He says, "Okay, I'm I'm off this stuff. Let me uh, shoot." And again, twelve years old, Corey Feldman talks like this for the entire movie. We're hunting vampires. Me and my twelve year old brother. I'm I'm not kidding. Like that's like his real voice. You know, that's like what he does. He makes like a face that goes with it too. But also, like if I'm like the makers, I just moved to this new city. It kind of sucks. Then Kiefer Southern walks up. He's like, "Hey, you want to hang out?" It's like, "Yeah, take yeah. me wherever." That's Let's that's the thing is, and isn't that how phone booth happened? 
Yes. Yeah, I guess. Uh, Alex, you've mentioned a lot of times how cool the 80s were. This movie Correct. really reinforces it. Like, every single moment I was watching, I was like, I kind of want to go back. I just, I just want to go back. That's all. All and, I want to do is go back. no point in my life I've ever been like, man, I fucking love this Aerosmith song. But watching Kiefer Sutherland and a bunch of vampires just sitting in the trees at night... Watching these dudes just get drunk and dance around a bonfire while Walk This Way plays. Right. And they just swoop in and murder all of them. It's like, oh, I should have watched this 20 years ago. Right. I really fucked up. That's the thing that gets it's me. So it's like, I feel like if I had grown up watching this, this would have been like the posters all over my wall. I would have been so into it. Maybe I would have been on VampireFreaks.com like that girl in uh, Urban Legend. <laughs> it's just... Uh, all the aesthetics are so chef's kiss. Right. All of the locations. They're fucking weird hideout. That, I want to live in their weird hideout. That girl was really beautiful. Um, the the boy was pretty good, too. Um, you could you could tell Joel Schubacher directed this. Um, I, and I <laughs> both that. the biggest compliment and insult to a movie you can give. Right, yeah. <laughs> um, oh, that's the thing. is Apparently they asked him, so uh, why'd you make this movie? It's just like, because vampires are hot. Which is correct. Yeah. Well, certainly in this movie. You know, there's a way better romance in this than again in any of the Twilight movies. Um, anyway. Not that we've seen them all right, fellas. Uh, ha, ha, ha. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, so, so then he falls in love with the baby. And... Right, can we get back to Corey Feldman? Okay, so Corey Feldman. <laughs> we just did, buddy. one of the Frog Brothers. <laughs> and the two Frog Brothers work at a comic book store. And first of all, that kid comes in there and tries to be cool by rearranging the comics in order of release. Parker, this came up before you were born, but I feel like there's a kindred spirit here. Did you have a hand in writing this? Look, what I do with my collection is my own business. If they want to run a fucking second-rate hack shop, that's on them. You really think you're so important moving Superman number two over here, you know? Corey Feldman's voice. Why is this child fucking talking to me like Tony Todd? That's it. Yeah, uh, we'll get to Tony Todd anyway. Um, Corey Feldman is so much fun. That this was a great movie. I had I had a lot of fun. I had as much fun with this movie as I did with Wreck. And Wreck is like an actual masterpiece. So the Lost Boys. That's going to get some heavy rotation. That should get some heavy rotation uh, come the fall. Um, I I loved it. Same. Okay. I put that on. Right after Paul Blart, too. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder you enjoyed it. This is a good comparison. <laughs> I had that with all the clownery going on in the Sunday afternoon games. So it went Larry the Cable Guy, Paul Blart, Ball Cup 2, to The Lost Boys. Boy. Man, <laughs> it's quite a climb. I'm just thinking about. I'm just thinking if Josh were here and how he'd tell us about The Lost Goys, which is about yeah, Moses being lost in the right, desert yeah. for 40 years. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so uh, <laughs> the next movie I watched is Deep Red by Dario Argento. Love Bloody. that cheese. That's a film. Uh, Deep Red is... Um, uh, Parker, what happened? Correct. Yeah, I, uh, I remember when I watched it, I literally had to rewind the ending like four times. I was like... I kept looking away for half a second and like, wait, what the fuck? What happened? Yeah, there's a lot of, is that supposed to be is. scary? I don't know. It, this doesn't really work as a horror movie. And it doesn't work as a thriller Correct. either. This works as a, hey, I found a wacky Italian movie. Oh, the you Italian dub. I don't watch this often, but sometimes it's like, I want horrific overdubs. 
And then it's like, oh, it's like a slasher. You always forget, like, oh, why is this so much more violent than American movies? And then it's back to overdub. Right. It's good. Yeah, that's the thing. So it almost looks like it's about as violent as a blood feast, which a movie shouldn't have to be. Um, the thing about it is when you talk about bad dubbing, usually what you mean is like, oh, they, they gave them English voices <laughs> and it looks silly on their... No, no, no. When they speak English, they, they sound normal. Then for some reason... Over, like, some woman, you know? Which is just... <laughs> Fucking owns. Yeah, it's just, for some reason, these very clearly American and British actors are speaking Italian. And interchangeably, English to Italian, English to Italian, as if they're just uh, bilingual. And they're not. Uh, I don't... <laughs> it's fuck The best lores in some of these movies, they would just have all these people just speak their own language, like... Whatever, you speak English, he'll speak Italian. We're just going to overdub it anyways. It fucking owns. I think that was a Dino De Laurentiis trick that he would just do. What a king. Yeah. Couldn't really get into it. Uh, before I forget, um, Alex, I did watch all of... Was it... Uh, what's the name of it? The, the Kevin Hart show on Quibi. Oh, Die Hard. Die yeah. Hard. Yeah, I watched all oh, of Die Hard. fuck, I forgot about Joke's that. on you. Someone uploaded it to So It Goes, so I didn't have to subscribe to Quibi. <laughs> oh, good. You still have your, your trial for later in the season. Yep. Yeah. Well, it would appear. You showed it, us. You've played yourself. <laughs> yeah, so here's, here's the thing. It's bad, but it's, like, not the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. Um, I figured it's, that. It's a good uh, reminder. high production value. Yeah, yeah, it's a good... John Travolta's there. Like, how upset? It's a really good reminder of why I don't watch television, but also the episodes are so short that it was done before I knew. Like, you were talking about, oh, well, since the episodes are short, it'll be about a 90-minute movie. I think it was faster. Every single time, like... It might epi- have been, yeah. The episodes all end kind of abruptly. I was, all, I was almost wanting more. I can't believe I'm saying that. Uh, it was... Here's the thing. Kevin Hart's just not very funny. Um, yeah, that's, at all. that's the fatal flaw. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure Joel will disagree. But uh, it... <laughs> <laughs> well, I got value out of those <laughs> I, I cannot get into anything that Kevin Hart has ever said or done. Um, but yeah, like you said, John Travolta's there. Uh, Jean Reno's there. He's I, I like him in just about everything. Um, it was the only part of that Godzilla movie that I liked, if I recall. Um, That's one more part that I like. Bro. Yeah, <laughs> he was the villain because he's French. Uh, no, I <laughs> dirty French ruined everything and brought a monster here <laughs> to the greatest city on earth. Yeah, what's nuke him? Anyway, uh, yeah, it's not the worst thing I've ever seen. Uh, in fact, it was kind of nice that every single episode just sort of ended like, there, you're done. Um, just, just cut it, That's... end it, fine, cool. I... I'm very interested to hear that be your take on Quibi. Because, like, I kind of assigned this to you because I wanted to hear, like, how you thought Quibi worked. And, like, you kind of, like, endorsing it is so interesting to me. Because I I figured it's the kind of format that you would hate. What? So, wait. So, every single show on Quibi is like this? That is Quibi's Quibi's, Quibi's gimmick is it's, like, ten minute episodes of everything. Oh, oh, it's... This is going to fail tomorrow. It already failed. Yeah, oh, basically. that's my thought. Yeah. But yeah, no, their their whole pitch was like, we're gonna make a streaming app for Zoomers because like Zoomers don't want to watch a show for thirty minutes or sixty minutes at a time. Oh, we're gonna do these ten minute episodes, and that's our thing. Yeah, it's a fucking. Is... <laughs> yeah, it's it's a it's a massive mistake. But also, I'm morbidly curious about how the format works. It, I mean, I have to admit, it was kind of refreshing because you're hearing this from someone who doesn't like television. So it's just like, yeah, oh, well, this episode's done, thank God. And it's like the. This went by a whole lot faster than the first season of Yu-Gi-Oh! 
play that much. <laughs> oh. <So>. <laughs> That's because this entire season was like one episode of Yu-Gi-Oh! I know, but still. <laughs> I hope my friend Chris likes Battle City. So the next movie I watched... <laughs> but, uh, um, yeah, I like Battle City. Well, it takes so two. Okay, okay, okay. Um... So Michelle came. Kind of pick up that Christmas G Gundam marathon, okay, by the way. Okay. So Michelle came over, and she's been wanting to watch the Ballad of Buster Scruggs for a couple years now. And I was like, okay, you know what? That's kind of been a monkey on my back. Let's go ahead and watch that. The Ballad of Buster Scruggs is really good. It's a western, yep. an anthology western by the Coen Brothers on Netflix, and it has a whole bunch of stars. Uh, one of my favorite segments has Tom Waits, and it was nice seeing him again. Um, it's. This is a really good Western. Now, I, I bring this up particularly for uh, Parker. Parker, you still haven't really got into Westerns yet, right? This feels like a trick, but no, not particularly. That's uh, what I expected from a city slicker. Uh, yeah, you know what? I think this might be a good introduction for you to Westerns. Uh, I have to admit, I still kind of think that you should start off with, like, I don't know, Rio Bravo or uh, for a few dollars more or something like that, but this is a little bit more, I think, accessible for you, uh, because it's modern, you know? Because it's not three and a half hours long? It's two and a half. But, uh, it's all... It's, and it has songs. Yeah. Good songs. Good songs. I love songs. Yeah. Uh, that first one, uh, is one of my favorite songs. I was like, wow, that's actually kind of catchy. And, uh... Is the first one the one that almost won the Oscar, or did win the Oscar? I, I can't remember. I don't remember. Oh, well, anyway. I know one of them was... Uh, Oscars, who cares? But yeah. you know, I Parker, I think you'd get into this. Uh, and, th- and the thing is, again, it's also all anthology, so you can just stop whenever, like it's a TV show. So this is kind of like the Quibi of movies. So the next, I'm sure I'd like it, but it's the other Netflix thing of like, oh, I should get to that when I have more time. And then a week later, it's like, well, hope you fucking added it to your list because you'll never see it again. Right? Yeah, I forgot that movie came out because. I think it came out during, like, this time last year. I was busy as fuck at work. It's like, all right, I got two and a half hours. Mm-hmm. Where'd it go? And the thing is, the way that it's shot, I think it works better on a television than it does on a movie screen. I, I could be wrong. I haven't seen it on a movie screen, so I can't really compare. I'm going to close this fucking tab of Spirit Brian Adams lyrics. Why is it staring me in the face? <laughs> no, I think you're actually right about that. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I haven't seen it on one either. But, like, turns out the Coen brothers are pretty good at this. Yeah, and when we say this, we mean... Just about everything they've ever done. <laughs> Correct. Uh, I, I I actually do uh, enjoy this movie quite a bit. Uh, Parker, I mean, Alex, do you have any other thoughts on it? Not really that you didn't say. I mean, it's been a while since I've seen it. It's like middle of the road as far as Coen Brothers go, as far as Coen Brothers go for me, because, you know, I'm not a big Western guy, but also, you know, I'm a big Coen Brothers guy. Mm-hmm. So, like, it kind of meets me somewhere in the middle. Like... I like a lot of what it does. It's beautifully shot. Like mm-hmm. I could, I could have watched twice as many segments of this and like not had a problem with it. Like it's, it's very, very quality. And it's got for both of you, since I, I, I believe you've both expressed sentiment about wanting to watch more Coen Brothers movies. Like, please get on it. Yeah, like, we're. I, I'm ready to talk about Coen Brothers movies. I, I gotta get days. on Raising Arizona and Blood Simple. Anyway, uh, one of the things that I really like about this movie is that it's written in a way that matches a lot of Western short stories that I've read, and it it just flows. It really flows really well. I'm interested in every single segment, and in particular, the last one. Parker, this movie is entirely worth watching just for the final segment. Uh, because it is vaguely a horror short. Uh, I don't know if it would qualify for Hooptober, but uh, it's... More of a thriller. Yeah. 
Honestly, Andy lost me. <laughs> never <sorry>. watching it. <laughs> sorry, you know I had to do. Let it me too. let me get Parker back here. Parker, I let you know that I would be making a decision. There's a certain subset of movies that I despise, but I hadn't checked them off yet because I hadn't watched them all the way. I had never watched the first Final Destination. <laughs> now we're talking. It's it's tough for me to say this uh, being completely fair because I think I'm sort of predisposed to not like this sort of nonsense. Um, you might say it's your fate. I could, yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's Maybelline. Oh anyway, I forgot that Devin Sawa was the lead. Um, I forgot that Stifler is like the second <laughs> Boy, can we talk about Stifler? That guy's fucking hair. I've watched this movie like five times, and every time I put it on, I'm like, oh, fuck, that's right. Yeah. And he gets his head knocked off. Yeah. Fucking. Oh, we gotta talk. Sean William Scott is just. Does he just play like a complete idiot in every single movie? What do you think that guy's like in real life? Do you think he's like actually. Next serious? week's episode Bulletproof Monk. Oh, man. Don't tell me. Anyway. Um, Takes. Can we also talk about the names? You know what the female lead's uh, character's name is? Clear. Not Claire. Clear. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Anyway. Devin saw it. Do you think he has, like, one of those afflictions where he's just, like, he ages backwards like Benjamin Button? Because he looks like he's 12 in this movie. <laughs> he looks like a little baby. With a little yeah. He's, this is two years after Idle Hands. He looked older in, in Idle Hands. Like, how the fuck? Anyway, I love those movies so much, too. If for anyone so who's powerful. listening at home who doesn't know the plot of Final Destination, fuck you, don't lie to me. Um, if you're listening, <laughs> if you're listening to this podcast, you know about Final Destination. You know about that uh, the big plane crash and everything. I have to admit, uh, Parker. I think one of the reasons why I was kind of predisposed to not want to watch one of these things is. I thought the idea was a little too scary for me growing up. I didn't like the idea that death was inescapable, and. I'll give credit to this. It's a decent idea. I think the execution is terrible, but pretty interesting twist on it because, I mean, even though you can't really stop uh, Freddy Krueger or uh, Jason Voorhees or Michael Myers, you feel like you could. With death, it's like you can't even see it, so it kind of becomes unfair. And it's an inevitability, and it's kind of a Rube Goldberg of all those uh, different deaths that they do. R.I.P. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> love her machines anyway uh <laughs> i it's a it's a decent enough concept i guess parker you really like this series i just think they're super watchable because it's just like all right here's your loose premise here's your here's your teens all right now watch them get murdered in extremely convoluted ways that each have 18 fake outs oh yeah that's <laughs> the thing is there's so many fake outs the first one has the worst where the water like goes out from the toilet and then retreats back in it's like the water's being controlled by death itself it's fucking cheating i'm glad i'm glad that they got away from that because it's stupid i like the idea that every single death is just like could be plausible as an accident but by the time you get to the second movie they give up on the buddy but how many did you watch We'll get to that. Anyway, so the <laughs> can we talk about the scene in the first one? Where like, we have to figure out what's going on. Death might have a design, and they just go, "All right, let's go to the crypt keeper's house and go meet Tony Todd, yeah, the mortician." Yeah, Tony Todd, Man. who I think works for the devil in some way, or death. Just, just 
thinking about fake outs in these movies, all I can imagine is the terrorists grab the plane and it's about to crash, and all of a sudden Mark Wahlberg appears. <laughs> That's okay. Death has a design, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Our fucking plane. Yeah. Anyway, um, a couple things I should get on about before I go on to the next movie. Uh, Devin Sawa has, I think it's an unintentionally hilarious line where he's in his room trying to hide from death. I guess you could just do that. And he almost gets uh, cut by a rusty fishhook or something like that. And then he, he taps himself on the head and goes, ah, tetanus. <laughs> But if you think I didn't remember that fucking line, you're out of your mind. (laughs) uh, Movies rule. Anyway, at some point, he, I guess he tries to electrocute himself in order to save Clear. And he doesn't die for some reason. And I guess he thinks he's safe enough to fly to Paris. So he does with Clear and uh, their greaser friend. And... um, that greaser friend dies he gets hit by a sign and the weirdest part about this movie is that Devin Sawa and Clear survive that's I thought death was coming for him aren't you gonna show him die or something oh buddy let's play that he show up two years later for the sequel yeah so let's talk about Final Destination 2 um, yeah, so dude. Final Destination 2 I think was the more popular one when I was growing up because uh, oh, I think yeah. it was specifically because of the logs like that was a big I, one for people I fucking clinch my steering wheel to this day like well you also live in an area where they yep. <laughs> <laughs> let me just put on this turn signal here i will go out of the just lane. just jump just on chill a nice 55 it's fine i mean can't you just like pull the reins and turn your stallion around to get a long little doggy <laughs> you know you're the fucking expert on that this yeah. week don't you tell me buddy <laughs> what if it's your your stallion's log that's about to hit you yeah what did Brian Adams have to say about death design dick? Yum, yummy, yum. I smell my death. <laughs> anyway, Final Destination 2 sucks dick. Um, Clear has relegated herself to a mental hospital to be safe from death. And Devin Sawa... God, no one ever dies there. And Devin Sawa <laughs> was not paid enough to appear in this didn't movie. Didn't want to come back. No, he, no, it was a contract dispute. It was a contract dispute. They didn't pay him enough money. So they said that his character got hit by a brick on the head. <laughs> That's how <laughs> he thinking a fucking news article on some knockoff Yahoo. Like, ah, oh, remember this guy? He died afterwards too. Isn't that crazy? Viewer at home. Yeah, though that's a thing that they talk about. First of all, every single other person in these movies has died by like a mouse trap sort of like thing. This is how he died. You jump in the pool and then, and it always ends in a really gory way. Thank you so much, movie. I got to see a twelve-year-old crushed by a plate of glass. That's really funny. Yeah, fuck own. Yeah, <laughs> get shitted and on. Meanwhile, kid. Devin Sawa gets hit by a. You meet RBG. And meanwhile, <laughs> Devin Sawa gets hit by a brick on the head like he's fucking Beetle Bailey. Uh, <laughs> he tries fair strikes again. <laughs> well, that one wins. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, you mentioned knockoff Yahoo. I just don't think I would have used the internet back then because it looks like it was such a pain in the ass to search for everything. <laughs> Fucking sucked ass so bad. Yeah, but also, what was I going to do? Make friends? Yeah, no, Not point. in this lifetime, buddy. Well, I mean, GameFAQs was a website back then, so you know, it sure was. was. Find my Pokemon. Boy, how life could have been different. <laughs> anyway. Um. Yeah. What else is there to say besides these movies are ass? Uh. Oh, here's this. It's not really scary though. 
uh, I don't Correct. I don't find myself getting scared by this as much as I thought that I would. There was a certain amount of dread that I had going into this. Um, there are certain movies that I have turned off because I'm just like, oh no, no, not having fun. Uh, Saw, Hostel, Torture Porn. I, I don't I don't like that stuff. Uh, there's none of that in this one. The closest you get is in the third Final Destination. Um, it's uh, Jesus Christ. Now here's a, is that the roller coaster. Yes, yeah, roller coaster one. Um, <laughs> this one stars Mary Elizabeth Winstead, um, and that's it. Uh, she might as well be in the movie alone. Um, this also has some of the worst writing. Now, uh, the fabulously untalented James Wong came back to write and direct it. Um, just want to reach out to James Wong if he's listening. Dude, you okay? You cool? Just Buddy, have you seen that filmography? Friend of the show. <laughs> and you say that. It's a real deal Mount Rushmore. I know you say that, but like, it, it kind of, it's on site for this one because like the, those two bubble-headed blonde bimbos who get killed in the tanning salon when I was a kid the idea of that really scared me um, I was just like oh I don't like being in a place where I can't escape from like everything else it's just like oh he got killed by I don't know fishing line choked him in the bathroom or something that's fine whatever but this like that bugs me and I was a little bit scared I guess uh, but watching it now it's just like oh it's just kind of annoying uh, their their dialogue is fucking unbearable. Um, who, whoever that skeevy guy is is in that movie. He gets killed by that engine. Uh, he was he was really annoying. Um, everyone's kind of just yelling and screaming. Every single person uh, is really. I, I guess the people who like these movies. I hesitate to call them people. Uh, Present. They they seem up. to enjoy the opening Probably disaster. I don't. I here's another thing that really gets me about this is I have a lot of trouble getting scared when the CGI is so bad. When it's like practical effects, <laughs> I can get into it. The CGI, especially in the roller coaster one, is just awful. It looks terrible. Oh, we'll get to that. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, Did my good friend make it to the fourth one? Then <laughs> no. Here's the thing. I actually stopped short because uh, I thought, and I've been saying on this episode, I've been saying on this podcast for years now, and I've been wrong about it. I thought the third one was when the guy's guts get uh, his intestines get sucked out his butthole. Turns out that doesn't happen in the third one. I, I was waiting really hard for nope. that. Um, I remember Mandela check. <laughs> I I, I have to admit I was uh, I was kind of expecting. It. I'm not saying I was looking forward to it, but uh, I would be like, huh, that's weird. I did not get to the fourth and fifth ones because they're not on the list. So <laughs> smart man, <laughs> uh, Alex. What did you watch? Sorry, right. that took so I'll, long. Uh, I'll go as quick as I can here because I don't have a ton that I want to talk a lot about. Um, so I watched a movie that Parker talked about like a month ago called Host, which oh, is extremely good. Yeah. Like, it's so fucking good, dude. I could not believe how good this movie about a bunch of girls summoning a demon over Zoom was. Like, As someone who doesn't jump much at movies anymore, I made a fool of myself the second time I watched it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was I was like pretty braced for this, so it didn't get me. Boy, did it get her! Oh, <laughs> the fucking one where, the, where she's pacing and we're like, wait, didn't we see this already? I mm, that happened right as there was a loud thunderclap outside, and I nice. thought I died. Nice. Yeah, that was like again. I'm not to, not to be that guy, but like I saw that coming. But also like I just like like when when you see the first flash of like the. Go. 
You oh. see the first flash of the zoom loop? Like, my eyes left the screen and just looked at her because I knew what was going to happen. And I was just like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Very nice. Gimme, 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 gimme. I see what's coming and I have just enough time to go, wait, fuck, and then it happens. <laughs> <laughs> so I was on a bit of a sci-fi kick this week. Hey. Totally forgot that Automata was a movie that existed. Oh, the Antonio Banderas one from 2014. How is that? I've been looking at that for a while. You like Blade Runner? I do. It's basically that. With Antonio Banderas, you say? Yeah, it's it's fine. Like like you want you want like high budget sci fi with robots. You're getting exactly what you want. It is. It's like like story wise, it's nothing you haven't seen before. Like oh, the robots are sentient. Blah 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 blah. And then this, and Antonio Banderas is like this insurance agent that's got to figure out what's going on. And yada, you know the movie. Like, but it's two hours of like the fucking bombed out world and like dope robots walking around and shit. Like you're fine. Like, you can do a lot worse. Like, I I love, like, almost all of these, like, late 2000s, early 2010s, like, sci-fi movies. Like, just, I, I could watch Oblivion for days. Like, that's one of those movies that just, like, even if it's not that well-written, just the feel of that movie is perfect. And this is just something else you can toss in that pile. Like, you're not missing anything if you don't watch it, but, like, you're not going to regret the two hours you spend with it at all. Nice. I'll move it up. Then I watched something considerably worse. You see, dial yourself back to the year 2012. Our good friend Luke Bassan, fresh off whatever the fuck else he was making, decides to make a movie about space prison. And, like, I see the word space prison, and I'm not gonna not turn it on. So, this movie's called Lockout. Motherfucker, that is sitting on my desktop right now. Oh, boy. It looks so horrible. I'm so excited. So here's the thing. This is a joke that I have made before. And, like, it's always at least half true. In this case, it's 100% true. Because you watch this movie and you go, Oh, my God, Ryan Reynolds said no, didn't he? Because it is just all quips. Oh, good. (laughs) Chris, buddy, would you like to guess who they got in 2012 to play the Ryan Reynolds role of this space prison Luke Besson movie? Oh, wait. Give me a chance on this one. Uh, No, I got nothing. Sorry. All right, I'll give you two hints. One, he is also blonde. And two, he was in Ravenous. (laughs) (laughs) He was still working in 2012? Dude, it's literally like... You can tell he wants to be cool like Brad Pitt is cool, but it just doesn't work at all. Like, I'm not going to lie. This movie is, like, so chock full of quips that a couple of them got me. Like, I mean, yeah, eventually. It's it's, it's real dumb. Yeah, you're going to hit a couple yeah. times. And, like, it's a Luke Besson movie, so you get, like, still shots of space, and you go, wow, this looks gorgeous. And then you get, like, a fucking motorcycle chase, and you go, wow, this is the most hideous thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> it is... The CGI is a fucking nightmare. The, the plot of this movie is literally that, like, Guy Pierce's character gets arrested for who fucking knows what, is about to get sent to space prison, and then the president's daughter gets kidnapped by the space prisoners. So he has to go get her out. It's dumb as shit. It is absolutely dumb as fucking hell. And sort of a waste of time. But there's, like, six scenes in this movie where you're like, alright, that's fine. This is worth the hour 40 I spent on it. Like, whatever. I've had this movie set aside for years because I always knew it was the one that John Carpenter literally sued them for ripping him off and actually won. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's such a fucking rip off of Escape from New York! Like, yeah. That's oh, I absolutely. Thought, I thought they were gonna say like it was a rip off of Dark Star. Like the thing is, 
you could tell me this is a ripoff of Escape from New York, but at no point during this movie did I think about Escape from New York for a fucking second, because this movie sucks. <laughs> Actually, you'll find our movie sucks ass, and therefore we can't be confused. <laughs> if that were their defense, it would have worked, I'm telling you. Yeah. It's not great. Thinking about Snake Plissken doing Ryan Reynolds quips really put me in a dark space. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm sure you'll be watching it soon. Right, because buddy. now that I described yeah. it, you're just like, all right. All right. Oh, I Thank you for if I If I tell you a movie is bad, you move it up the list. And if I tell you a movie is good, you also move it up the list. Yeah. So what am I to do? Kester forgot that Luke Besson was involved. That'd be <laughs> this guy right here. So, like, you never miss it because, like... It says it in giant letters at the beginning of the fucking movie, because of course it does. But even if you forget in the first five minutes, that fucking motorcycle chase looks like hell on Earth. It literally looks like an episode of that... What is that fucking Toonami show with, like, the bad CGI? Yes. <laughs> All of the above. <laughs> you know the one I mean, with, like, the dude with, like, the extremely still, like, dreadlocks that who is also blue. Oh, that like, was a I reboot, right? Yeah, reboot. It looks like that. Like, but, like, a movie that somebody spent $40 million right. on. You know? Yeah. Luke Besson, very cool guy. Um, uh, yeah, from what I've heard, <laughs> no problems. Uh, so, turns out Hustlers is a way better movie than I thought it was going to be. Fuck, that's another one that I've heard nothing but, like, no, seriously, like, for real, you should watch Hustlers. Yeah, like, like, yeah it's, I'm not going to watch Hustlers. It's one of those movies it. that it's like, you know, you hear the premise and, like, who's involved in stuff. It's like, is this just feminists and horny dudes pushing this across the finish line? And you're a little apprehensive, and you put it on, and, like, 25 minutes in, you're like, oh, fuck, J-Lo can act. Like, surprisingly good movie. I was not expecting to enjoy it nearly as much as I did. Uh, it's that's a, that's a solid like two thumbs for me. I I I was blown away. Like I really was. I was expecting it to be something that I had on in the background, didn't care about after twenty minutes, but I was in the whole time. Now like let's I'm talk about one more movie that I was into the whole time. You see, in Liar's Hell, I was assigned the movie Volcano High. <laughs> You guys. <laughs> Skip, you know how much I love, like, early 2000s MTV. Yes. And this movie is maybe the most early 2000s MTV thing I've ever seen in my life. So, to start off my experience, like, I found this on SIG. It was the only place that I could find a download of this movie. And it was, like, 400 megabytes. Just like, huh, <laughs> that's weird for a movie. I try to, I, like, double-click it to open it. It just freezes on the title screen all through my VLC playthrough. I'm like, okay, so this movie predates VLC. Got it. Close it out. Open Windows Media Player. It opens in a little two-inch by two-inch box at the top of my screen. Yes. <laughs> where the, the little timer bar on the bottom cuts off at 40 minutes. Now, I know this movie is at least 80 minutes long. And at having watched it, I can confirm that it is, in fact, over 80 minutes long. But if you ask my Windows Media Player window at any point past, like, minute 40 of this movie, just, nope, nope, nothing. So, like, instantly, just from the aesthetics of my, like, fucking stupid-ass aspect ratio and having Windows Media Player open in 2020, I'm in the perfect headspace. Now, look, I cannot explain to you much about the plot of Volcano High. There's a, our main character, voiced by Andre 3000, is there. There's like a school bully voiced by Lil John, who sounds exactly like you expect him to. There's a lot of yelling. There's a lot of 
there's a lot of almost sex in the showers. Um, at one point, the two girls from the high school travel to what I can only assume is a prison, where they talk to a guy voiced by Snoop Dogg, who tells them that the teachers at Volcano High are actually demons. They go back, there's like a huge battle in the, on the fucking playground that takes like 30 minutes, the bully gets his ass kicked, our hero comes in and beats up the teachers. We hear Lil John in the background yelling, Yeah, no more rules! No more rules! <laughs> At this point, we hear, like, what I think is, like, our fifth late 90s, early 2000s rap song. Then the bully corners our hero in the hallway. Fucking take your pick of rappers is there. They run along the walls. Another DMX song starts. And then the credits roll. So what I'm saying is 12 out of 10 stars. (laughs) This is in my future. This movie has, like, the same energy as Dragon Ball Evolution, (gasps) but good. Hey. Like, it, dude, come on. <laughs> I know, but still. <laughs> like, whoever thought to buy the rights to this is a goddamn genius. And I hope he got paid a lot more money in the three months before no one watched it and he got fired. Because, <laughs> holy fuck, this is so good. I, again, I can tell you nothing about the plot, except there's demon teachers... And Tracy Morgan's there, oh, and like, <laughs> dude, I don't fucking know, but it's real good. There, with the scene where we meet Kellis's character, you just hear like the first four bars of Milkshake over and over. <laughs> <laughs> it's so goddamn cool, dude. What a fucking movie. <laughs> Parker, thank you so much for Liar's Hell. Now tell us what you watched. Thanks again. I signed you that, and you gave me Larry the Cable Guy. <laughs> we'll not be forgetting <laughs> as long as I live. Alright, I'll go super quick with these because we're already running late and I didn't watch that much. So, okay, first of all, Passenger 57. Thank you! How have I just, like, I did not watch Wesley Snipes movies growing up because I guess I'm racist. How the fuck have I never seen Passenger 57, dude? Always bet on black. It's so good. I love that the villain is like, hey, let's take Hans Gruber but just make him, like, a complete sociopath. For no reason. <laughs> he has no motivation. They just put this dude on a plane and he just immediately takes over. And then that's the whole movie. Big shout out to my favorite fucking piece of like, oh, you need some com- comedic relief in this action movie. The old lady who keeps thinking Wesley Snipes is Arsenio Hall. Made me laugh so <laughs> hard. It's such a good bit, that dude. Really <laughs> the end of the movie when he's like doing his fucking victory lap and she's doing the whoop, whoop, whoop. I was fucking dying. <laughs> It's, like, such a bit for, like, a time and place that nobody born even a year after this movie came out would understand in the slightest. And that's what makes it so fucking cool. Like, since I'm revisiting all these Snipes movies from, like, now and not seeing them when they come out, or, like, it's baffling. Like, how is he not the biggest star on the planet? Was he, like, that much of a piece of shit to work with or something? Because, my god, the pure charisma with even the most garbage lines. And the man can do those spin kicks. He's so fucking cool. He looks so cool in every scene, saying the dumbest shit humanly possible. <laughs> but you never want... Like, he could just be like, yeah, I'm the baddest. You're like, yes, Wesley. Yes, absolutely. I will do anything you say. <laughs> it's the one thing that I will say about Wesley Snipes, because all of what you said is absolutely correct. But when it was revealed to me that Wesley Snipes is actually a terrible athlete, and you can really see it if you watch anything that he does any athletics in... Watching all of his fucking scenes in Major League in slow-mo, it's like, oh, he actually just can't run. Okay. 
that Are you going to be the guy that tells Wesley Snipes his stride isn't on board? <laughs> exactly. What are you going to do? Shit out of me. It's like, buddy up. I'm already over here dealing with Charlie Sheen. Like, just let him do his thing. <laughs> Another big positive. So this movie about a fucking plane hijacking, huge set piece on the plane, plane crashes, huge set piece in a carnival where like clouds are getting shot and shit, big fight at the end. Credits are rolling at eighty minutes. Hey, Y'all, that's that's what we're that's what we're here yeah. for. That's what it's all yeah. about. Let's see. Oh my god, I forgot I watched Ghoulies too. <laughs> Here's the thing about Ghoulies too. It kind of fucking owns. Cause like, it's like a fucking critters was a gremlins knockoff. So here's a knockoff of the knockoff. Well, we got these like four ugly little monster puppets. We have no money, but the first one somehow like made a bunch of the box office because it cost three dollars to make. All right, we'll take all that budget you have. You already have the puppets. Cool, you don't have to buy that. Don't buy actors. We're just gonna make a carnival, make a big fucking spooky haunted house, like a really shitty like down south carnival haunted house. Okay, now put a bunch of teens in there and have them get murdered by little puppets. There's your movie. Done. That's all you have to do. How do you get rid of the ghoulies, you ask? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> you do black magic to summon another massive ghoulie. Which is just <laughs> literally like a human-sized fucking prosthetic suit that just walks around and eats the puppets. And then the movie God, ends. that rules. That's it's the most so... giant stone John Wilkes Booth thing I've ever heard in my <laughs> it's life. so fucking cool. They just summon this giant monster puppet that just walks around and goes... Um, 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 just fucking eats him one by <laughs> one. Parker, I have a question. Can the giant ghoulie talk Absolutely. to Kevin James? <laughs> I mean, we'll have to see what the. the God Dungeon damn it! Dice are we doing the zookeeper us? next week? I, I hope not. <laughs> We're not doing the zookeeper next week because let me ask you this, Alex: Have you ever seen Ricochet? Buddy, 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 oh, buddy, buddy. Let's uh, talk Ricochet. <laughs> That should be next week's episode. <laughs> that is the greatest movie I've ever seen in my life. What, what is Ricochet? I don't think I know this one. Oh, let me pitch it to you. Uh, cop Denzel Washington and his partner Kevin Pollock, <laughs> they uh, take down John Lithgow. And then John Lithgow just becomes the Joker in jail and breaks out and tries to ruin his life for like 90 minutes. <laughs> when John Lithgow goes to prison on his first day, he has a fight to the death with Jesse Ventura. <laughs> it is so fucking good, dude. It's... Dude, do, do you want to tell him about Ice T's involvement, or should I? I, I'll let you take it. I know you're passionate about Ice T. <laughs> Man, it's so fucking good. If it's not next week, it's on the short okay. list because. It almost made me enjoy Nighthawks less because I watched this first and I was like, oh, oh fuck. fuck. This is like a six star masterpiece. Where has this been my entire life? It is. That fucking prison gladiator fight, dude. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Are okay. you hell okay. yeah, dude? We gotta do this. It's. Oh, I need help. Let me recruit my friend in the drug game, Ice T. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's so fucking good, dude. It, like, I have. Almost as much written about that as I do <laughs> Nighthawks. I'm like, you know what? No. That's next week's episode. <laughs> God bless, dude. It's so fucking good. But yeah, I watch a bunch of junk this week and we're already running late. It's okay. Fine. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about Nighthawks. <laughs> so, whatever your movie begins with Sylvester Stallone, you know, you're pretty much in for a good time, unless it's Stop or My Grandma Will Shoot. Um,. There's, there are other names in there. Billy D. Williams. That's nice. It's nice seeing 
Rutger Hauer as what was it Wolfger or something? Oh Wolfgar. <laughs> I did not remember what movie this was, so I put it on. I'm like, oh, I remember him talking about it. So it's a stolen movie, and then it's and Rutger Hauer as Wolfgar, and I had to fucking pause it. Like, oh, okay then. Yeah, it's, that's we're how getting you know real it's, serious. Yeah. So Parker wasn't Wolfgar that uh, he was one of the villains in Power Rangers. I thought you were going to say the bully from Hey Arnold. <laughs> I thought you were going to say the kid from Stranger Things. Ooh, very nice. Our broken brains. So, in this movie you have one of the greatest credits I have ever seen. Music by Keith Emerson. <sighs> the dad rock lives within me so powerfully. Now, I don't know if you guys know who Keith Emerson is. Keith Emerson is the uh, keyboardist from Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. Uh, I would call him probably the best keyboardist who has ever lived. That man was insane. Uh, some of the best songs I've ever heard in my life. I, I won't get into that too much here, but the score for this movie kind of owns. I, I kind of like it. Uh, it's it's interesting. It's unique. It's complex. And for some reason, when they go to a, I believe it's pronounced disco feck, uh, they start playing. <laughs> they start playing Brown Sugar for about eight minutes. So, Chris, Chris you're a big fan of club scenes in movies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Would you like them more if they all had Fog Hat in them? Because <laughs> there are Fog yes. Hat songs, plural. Yes. <laughs> See, I have to admit this. I didn't we have know. to find this international terrorist again, but always slow ride, man. <laughs> all right, man. So Can you imagine the- if we're just in that club? And, like, you know, Sylvester Stallone has his little doodle pad out, and he sees the squid in his fog hat shirt just, like, <laughs> shuffling by. Here's the thing. I have to admit, I didn't think that fog hat had songs. I thought that they just yeah. had the one. They wrote that song specifically for Guitar Hero. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're getting ahead of ourselves. So, the opening scene. Which one of us wants it? I'll do my best here. So, I get this little old lady. Little old lady. She's out on the streets of New York and it's late at night. Oh no, someone's going to rob her. They get like three muckers come up. Oh, hey, hey. lady, I'm walking here. Exactly. And her face is like kind of fucked up. But first, hey, give me the bag. Put the purse in my hands. Turns out that face is a, a full beard. It's Sylvester Stallone in a British accent. Uh, the one-two punch of Billy D. Williams popping out from around that corner to knock that mugger out, and then Sylvester Stallone removing his full face mask to reveal that beard and that hair. Oh man, it is it's an immediate incredible. like. Oh, this is why he told us. This is why he told us to watch this. This is why <laughs> exactly. we're doing this whole yeah. episode. <laughs> I, but here's the thing: I remember Alex talking about this, and I think this was before the hello thing became a meme on the show. Correct. Uh, it's. <laughs> This is its own thing. I just kind of want to point out that Sylvester Stallone went from Rocky to a skirt to First Blood. You'd love to see it. Yeah. You'd love we, to see real you love that versatility. You know, he does action, mm-hmm. adventure, comedy. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what this... Do you think they changed the title of this overseas? Whether they released it in the UK? <laughs> <laughs> Those wacky Nighthawks. Man, Chris, I'm glad you brought up the title. Why the fuck is this movie called Nighthawks? Because uh, most of it takes place at night. Mr. Bean's New York Adventure. <laughs> Monty Python and the drug dealers. <laughs> 
actually, so here's the thing about it taking place at night. The movie actually looks good, which is uh, it it's quite an upgrade from Robot Jocks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Robot Jocks, you know, for all its virtues, doesn't look like a real movie. Uh, and this one looks like a real movie. Like, even if this didn't have a cross-dressing scene at the beginning and, well, spoil, the end, uh, I'd still probably bring this up on the podcast and be like, you guys ever seen Nighthawks? It's, it's kind of fucking <laughs> rules, dude. Um, anyway, uh, I so I was telling Parker, uh, Alex, that I didn't take very good notes for this, so you might have to do a little bit of the heavy lifting on here. Um, I got you. Don't worry, buddy. One of, one of the next <laughs> scenes that comes up on here is... Uh, there's a party in the UK, and the professors of the class are there, I guess, because there, there's two guys at this party who are way too old to be at, let's face it, any party at all. Um, no, they're like the Carrie Fisher of the British sorority. Oh, yeah, they're the <laughs> den moms of the sorority. So, anyway. I'm the den mom. Sorry. Why are you looking at me, bum? Anyway. Uh, <laughs> oh, and crikey! Got him. <laughs> so the movie ends. Four hour long extended cut episode. Yeah. Oh, I love that we have zero British fans. Yeah. Oh, thank goodness. Yeah. Anyway. Um, All those point... pedophilia jokes ran him out. Anyway. Apparently... <laughs> what? I mean, do you really think they defended Prince Andrew that hard? So here's the thing. Here's the thing. Uh, I think at this party, there's like a Final Fantasy guitar gun. Turns out he's just using the guitar <laughs> to hide the gun. Yes, dude. But I want to talk about this scene, okay? Because, like, this is a fucking 1920s Chicago typewriter sort of Tommy this gun is, shit. This is the real gun blade. Exactly. And when he shoots this thing, it, like, kills I don't know how many people and all these different shots. He fires, like, 46 shots. No one hears anything because Stevie Ray Vaughn is playing in the background. <laughs> For like a solid five seconds, I thought he had the Desperado gun. I'm like, oh shit, dude. This movie's popping off already. It's like, oh, that's it's, that kind of movie. It's so goddamn cool how, how our introduction to this international terrorist is some guy coming like, hey, boss, I just got back from the police station. Oh, no, don't worry. I didn't tell any of them, no. And then he looks out the window, and there's just a bunch of goons coming to kill him. <laughs> So, oh, don't worry, I didn't tell him not I didn't. And you just immediately, three Mississippis later, hear a car screech up sideways. A bunch of dudes in bowler hats, dressed like fucking Muggsy, come running up the stairs. <laughs> cool movie. So anyway, uh, speaking of stupid British hats, um, the police come by, and those stupid white helmets look so fucking dumb. <laughs> God, I'm so happy we don't have any British fans. Dude, it's funny, because, like, whenever I see somebody that looks like this in a movie, especially when it's a cop, I think of the fucking cops in Tokyo Drift, and they're fucking Marvin the Martian helmets. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, man, can you imagine trying to do police work while looking like that? Yeah, like, how could anyone take you seriously? Well, we'll get to police work in a bit. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. I do. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> So we cut to, I guess. Oh, one... you'll be seeing the magistrate, all right. <laughs> Come with me, young man. You're going to see Dumbledore over this. 
<laughs> anyway. <laughs> the scene where they take Sly Stallone and other cops into the pensive to relive his past mistakes. <laughs> okay. Oh, we can't do Hogwarts jokes again. We'll right, yeah, we got it. Especially fucking Parker bringing up the pensive. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> My brain sucks, dude. I, I can know. use one. <laughs> so. <laughs> Just diving in. Oh, there's me, uh. Drinking a bunch of game. Parker, 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 <laughs> Parker. Think back to like Aladdin. Remember how he would like, you know, he takes the apple and stuff like that. That's like, it's a very New York moment right there. The streets of Agrabah, you know, New York. You know, you just take food on the stalls and yeah, maybe you pay for it. But it's a tough city. You can't just do that. At one point, one of the toughs takes street oysters and eats the street oyster. <laughs> Who the fuck eats street oysters? Hey, uh, cut. What the fuck are you doing back there? Just walk and look tough. What are you doing? It kind of reminds me of that scene in Batman Begins. It's just like, well, they don't like falafel. <laughs> I can go for some falafel. Anyway, uh, Rucker Hauer is a fake crime priest. <laughs> Dude, what the fuck was this scene? <laughs> He's in the confessional speaking Italian. Uh, is he speaking Italian or is he speaking French? I couldn't tell. And I speak French. So <laughs> can say. Uh, that girl comes in and is just like, why'd you have me beat why'd you beat me in the cathedral? I'm like, to confess your sins. <laughs> uh, it's a beautiful cathedral, which you know I happen to like looking at, but they hide his face so we won't know what's Rucker Hauer. Speaking Italian. <laughs> it's so fucking cool how unnecessary this scene is, but they're just like, man, you know what would be cool in our movie? To have a scene in a confessional. And there it is. Yeah. So, Good work, guys. So the basic uh, thing here is Rucker Hauer is an international terrorist. Uh, sorry, Wolfgar is an international <laughs> terrorist wanted in six countries. Uh, responsible for millions of deaths, whatever. Um, and he, there's a scene early on. It's not even what we're talking about, but like he, the reason I bring it up is you'll see, he blows up. I guess it's a boutique or something like that. He's like, oh, I want to try some of this perfume or something, and then he blows it up and he walks away and he tells the police, hey, I blew up this uh, boutique. I'm like BTK or something. And, and he does it in third person. Wolfgar will strike again. <laughs> <laughs> It's like James Bond will be back on Her Majesty's Secret Service. So I think uh, the reason that they showed this scene is like, that's not Rucker Howard. That's like some other guy with a beard. And then he goes to, uh, I guess, the plastic surgeon from the first Batman movie is like, I want you to make me look like the Joker. And uh, he ends up looking like Rucker Howard. So came out of that one with a win. Um, really? Because I have on my paper underlined guy from face off. Oh, well, you, you can say that. But you can say that, but the entire time I was watching it, I was just saying, "Man, he really is the clown prince of terrorism." <laughs> he's he's so good at terrorism that no terrorists will hire him to do more terrorism. <laughs> that is like an integral plot point of this movie. It's right, exactly. so cool. He's a little too good at blowing people up. <laughs> he has to change his whole face, man, because he's such a good terrorist. We're looking for 1992 here, not 2001. <laughs> so anyway, um, one of his modus operandi. Uh, is he will find an innocent woman to sort of charm. And 
so he meets that girl at the disco thick and uh, <laughs> I know I know it's how it's pronounced, but I just want to say it that way. I just no, I really enjoyed it though. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't want you guys thinking I'm stupid or anything. Anyway, uh, he it's meets this girl. Fucking gimmick. <laughs> he meets this girl, and after they dance together, which back in those days that's like eighth base, uh, he asks her, "Oh, what do you do for a living?" And she works in. I don't remember. I wasn't listening. And she's like, "What do you do?" And he says, "I'm an international terrorist wanted in six countries, responsible for the deaths of dozens of people." And she's like laughing, like, "Oh, hi, you're so cute." And the look on his face is just like he's told the story before. He he just wants someone to take him seriously. <laughs> this is how Chad gets you. Yeah, it's just he he can't tell a lie. He's like Abe Lincoln, our brave president. <laughs> anyway, oh, damn, she asked him three times. He has to tell her. The it's a shame that Rucker Hour always tells the truth, and <laughs> Sylvester Stallone always tells lies. <laughs> For his Wolfgar and Docs, the two brothers. <laughs> I'm a man. <laughs> anyway, man, can, can is it is now the time since we've talked about Wolfgar so much to reveal Sylvester Stallone's character's name in this movie, dude? Can you please? <laughs> Alex. There's two cops in this movie. One is played by Sylvester Stallone. One is Billy D. Williams. The one who is named Deke Da Silva <laughs> is not Billy D. Williams. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. God, Deke Da Silva. In That's an ETI world? name. Is that Zayvon Beeblebrox's real life name? No, no, that's gotta be me. <laughs> did they like? Did they have like internet name generators back in the eighties that we just didn't know about? Look, like I just did... some some fucking IBM that takes up three stories. Like your movie character's name is. See, that's the thing. Da Silva. I, when I when I hear the name Zeke Da Silva, the only thing I think about is that picture of Zayvon Beeblebrox at that wedding. Exactly. <laughs> What else could it be? <laughs> God, that face. Well, I was an orphan. I was named by uh, the, uh, the Romans. <laughs> they said when I was born, I had a strong disorder. So anyway. Uh, <laughs> this this movie. so much editing to do. I know. This movie what? Has... No, leave this all in. Okay. This movie has a premise that I gotta admit, in, in 2020, I'm not sure if I can sign off on it. The, <laughs> it's so good. The premise here is that cops don't use enough deadly force, and they hesitate too much. That is a stop central... being such a fucking pussy, and you murk this foreigner. We need to we need to get more specific here. The NYPD flies in a police officer from England. To tell their cops uh, they're that they're not using enough deadly force. <laughs> this is 1981 New York, where the whole thing just looks like Maniac Cop is happening in the background. They're like, hey, you police are too soft. Like, oh, they Park. are committing so many murders. Maybe we Parker. should blame Sylvester Stallone for all the murders that have been happening. Well, well clearly not him, because Parker, say the line. <laughs> I didn't join the force to kill people. <laughs> Oh, it was an immediate pause rewind. Surely he's gonna like do jazz hands and say, Gotcha No, this is like his internal strife the whole movie. He's like, I wanna stop this domestic terrorist, but I don't wanna kill him. 
See, that's the thing that gets me. It's like, it's so weird to watch this because you think about Sylvester Stallone's filmography and, you know, he's a badass, tough action hero kind of guy who shoots a ton of people. And in this movie, he says, no, not going to do it. And you're like, oh, but, but that's your, come on. It's literally your character's job. I mean, it's like the be whole thing with the Incredible don't. Hulk. It's like, oh no, I don't want to turn into a rage monster. It's like, well, bitch, that's why I bought a ticket. So pull <laughs> gun out and start shooting at Wolfgar. I don't care about your feelings, my dude. Because you and Billy D. Williams need to start lighting these streets up. Oh, yeah, come on. Rita Repulsa over there is going to... Anyway. Um, so, <laughs> I think his line was, uh, yeah, you're right, I didn't join the force to kill. I wrote down a different note. It's just like, he says, hey, man, I don't really want to be a cold-blooded killer. And that fucking English Bobby that they flew in there to tell him about counterterrorism, he just starts shitting on him. He's like, oh, that's why your <laughs> life wept you. Hey, everyone, look at the dead <laughs> wife guy. Boom, my life is a show. My life is a show. <laughs> look at me. I'm stoop, kid. I'm afraid to leave my stoop. <laughs> these fucking british they have to apprehend their criminals with riot sticks there and he's talking shit to slice the load about how he won't shoot terrorists in new york i will because i'm winston churchill (laughs) this whole fucking scene man It's like, he just calls him out in front of the entire force, like, that's why your wife left you, you fucking loser, and he storms <laughs> off, he's like, she's using a bit of the old reverse psychology, you know, the streets are real dangerous. <laughs> like, oh, fuck you. I'm going back home, why do you want me so, so bad? I have to admit, I was kind of, I was nodding off during much of the movie, I've been up since, like, 8am, um, so kind of, yeah, going, kind of going through it. And I think the implication here is that his character served in Vietnam and saw some atrocities there. This is a theme that yeah. would be revisited later on in First Blood. And uh, I hope I don't have that wrong. Did First Blood come out in 79? No. Or did, was it 82? I'd, I would it's look, but my my care. fucking my fucking keyboard sounds like a guitar gun, it's so true, I can't. Yeah. Two or three. Yeah, this came out before First Blood. This came yeah. out before First Blood. And this okay, was like yeah. 81, yeah. I think. Right, good. I also, like, props to the movie for, like, actually giving the character enough backstory for us to understand why he was flying a helicopter. Because yeah, I missed yeah. that the first time. No, but, like, I, I got Okay, that, cool. Yeah. He flew a helicopter in Vietnam. Shit, now I get I was, it. I was falling asleep and I got that. Anyway. Hey, you have, like, 60 confirmed kills in Vietnam. Yeah, it's different. Um, this <laughs> domestic terrorist. No. no. Can't do it with a code now. <laughs> All 110 pounds of me are going to fucking square up with this guy. I have to admit, this is one of the... This is maybe the smallest that Sylvester Stallone has ever looked. He looks so short in this. He looks, he looks bigger now. And part of it is just like, yeah, he he just looks short. And I think he's short IRL, isn't he? Like He's like 5'9 or something. I think he's shorter than that. I I, wow. I can't That's, look it up again, but like I think I, yeah, he's like actually he's like right, yeah. he's like actor short. I think right, not just yeah, regular short. Right, yeah, yeah. Uh, he, but he doesn't even look built in this. Doesn't look tough. But I have to admit again, yeah. So they do like the the Vietnam thing. It's like, hey, I don't want to kill people. I understand where he's going for, but when he's in that counter terrorist meeting and he's just kind of like playing with his pencil as Billy D. Williams actually <laughs> snores next to him, uh, you kind of get the feel. It's like. Are these two just like bums? It doesn't look like they're respected in their own department. They're it's like, like you get the shitty counterterrorism job. What a dork! 
I think it's important to realize that this movie came out before 48 Hours, and therefore, like, before buddy cop movies were really a thing. So, That's like, point, yeah. I, like, like if, if I have one, like, complaint for, about this movie from, like, a, like, actual movie-making perspective, it's that Billy, Will- Billy D. Williams has absolutely nothing to do in it. Right, and that's yeah. the biggest reason why, because they're not playing off each other. But you see scenes like this, where it's like, oh, cool, movies were moving towards, like, this thing where we can actually have, like, a proper buddy cop movie. Yeah. And this was, like, a precursor to that. And that's, like, such a weird and interesting thing to see now that we've had, you know, almost 40 years of just, like, this formulaic buddy cop thing. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And that, it was kind of wondrous, like... What, are they just racist against Billy D. Williams? Why are we not just putting him in this movie a lot more? He finally got like a, a real movie after that stupid Star Wars nonsense. It's fine. <laughs> there was definitely the point at the end where they get slashed in the face where you're like, oh, don't you fucking write him out. No, 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 no. He hasn't done anything yet. <laughs> yeah. I was so mad. No. We'll get to that because yeah, I want to talk a lot about that scene after we talk about the club scene yeah let's talk about the club scene okay so the first time (laughs) (laughs) i have to admit i was i was kind of enjoying the keith emerson score i was i was thinking about sending this movie to my dad and be like hey dad keith emerson did like the score and my dad would have said i don't give a shit and uh yeah that's great son (laughs) uh anyway um as soon as they step into the disco thick uh they start playing fog hat slow ride uh, yes, I would go to that club. That song fucking stomps. I love it. It's great. <laughs> that club seems like such a good time. Like, because it's one of those oh, movies police. where, like, you know, they're, they're using, like, real, like, dancer extras dressed in the garb of the day. And it's just a bunch of doofy white dudes that don't really know how to dance. And it's like, cool, I would fit right in here. Maybe the 80s are even better than I thought. <laughs> like, I was watching this this morning for work. It's like 10, 30, 11 a.m. And I'm thinking, like, I should try Coke. This looks like <laughs> so much fun. Maybe they were honest with this whole disco thing. These guys are going to have a pretty sick night. I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah. <laughs> so after Slow Ride is over, I... First of all, they're playing the single cut because the album cut goes on for eight minutes. Uh, they go on oh, to because there wasn't enough time in this scene. Yeah, so they go on <laughs> to "Brown Sugar" by uh, the Rolling Stones. Now, I'm a dad rock guy, but dad rock is very specific. There are certain dad rock bands that dad rock fans don't like. Uh, some some guys just don't like the Beatles. They're idiots, but whatever. I don't like the Rolling Stones. They have a, like maybe three songs that I enjoy out of a catalog of maybe 900. Um, Brown Sugar does nothing for me, especially not the version they play in this movie, which appears to go on for, what, 26 minutes or something? This is the longest fucking club scene. (laughs) (laughs) They should have played that one again. I'm a big fan of when they play an entire fucking song in a movie, regardless of the context. And this is one of those movies. I don't think we've watched one of those movies since Miami Vice. Which was... (laughs) A choice in that movie. <laughs> There's something so weird about seeing like an early '80s DJ in a club spinning a record, but he's not like scratching. He's just literally just putting on a fog hat record and turning it on. <laughs> he's just like it's so weird. It. <laughs> you know it's about sex. Or take it easy. You know you were conceived of this, right? <laughs> Sick. Thanks. Let's let's uh let. Let's focus on the meat and potatoes of this club scene now, because they're on the on the lookout for international terrorist Wolfgar, who they now know has had plastic surgery. <laughs> Sly Stallone is, of course, walking through the club 
with the sketch that he made of the sketch of Wolfgar that they found in the police station. They're walking around. Billy D. Williams, Billy D. Williams is like, come on, man, let's go. Let's get out of here. Let's check somewhere else. And Sly Stallone goes, no, wait. Puts on his sunglasses in the club. Pulls out his sketch. Starts just doing some sketch work. Just a race. Yeah, you know, we move this here. We put in the jawline a little bit. Put some glasses on him. Doesn't that look just like him right there? One of the most incredible scenes of detective work I have like, ever seen in media. What if I just like a racist and made that nose beard did that? Would that be him? Yeah. Well, look over there! <laughs> it's so dramatic. It rules. Billy D. Williams, with like his eighth line in the movie, is just, yeah, I guess so. We'll check well, this We'll get to out. dramatic later on. He just like starts walking towards him, stares daggers at him. They make eye contact. He just stands still and then keeps staring at him. He's the worst cop in this <laughs> He also yells, Wolfgar! at him. <laughs> which, of course, prompts Rutger Hauer to pull a gun and blast away a bunch of disco-tech denizens. <laughs> you, sir, yeah. enjoying the music. Blam! You know, I was really tired this morning, so they kind of like, I didn't enjoy this as much as I feel like I should have. This is... This conversation is really turning things around for me. Right? Yeah. <laughs> the more I piece things together out loud, like, is this actually a masterpiece? You're right. <laughs> so, here's the thing. There are multiple moments. One of the key moments in the, uh, I guess it's just a CTU training se- session, uh, is he tells him, at some point, you're going to have to, in his words, take the shot, as in, shoot to kill the big bad guy. And he's like, well, what if there's innocent civilians around? He's like, I don't care. Take the shot. And uh, he's like, well, yeah, but what if I hit an innocent civilian? He's like, well, don't. Hit the bad guy. That's that's what you do with a gun. Come on. Shoot and the eight-foot-tall foreigner. He's just like, yeah, but what if it goes What if it goes through his body and hits an innocent civilian? I don't know. Man, we'll do paperwork for it. Should he please just kill the guy? No, I don't want to do it. So, it begs uh, the question, like, how long have you been a cop? Yeah. Has this never come before? Like, wait, what if I shoot and someone else gets hurt? Like, mother, you're like 45 and then well, what are we talking Parker, about? <laughs> Blue lives matter, and they do more than just kill people on the streets. Well, they also uh, kill people in subways. So, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> the dog eliminating squad. <laughs> this, this fucking scene where he's got, he's got Rucker Hauer in his sights. Rucker Hauer has a hostage. And his partner, Billy Williams, is like, Come on, man, don't be a pussy. Just fucking shoot him. Like, literally, the dude has a hostage, like, Mm -hmm. not even inches away from his face. It's the one on the subway, right? (laughs) Yeah. It's it's the one on the subway. He's taking a guy, he's going to get on the subway. In any other movie, this is the climax. And you take the shot, and you shoot the bad guy in the head, and the the woman runs away to her kid or something. He's like, oh my god, thank you for saving me, Sylvester Stallone. Let's bone. And it's like, yeah, that's cool, that's fine, whatever. But in this one, he's... I don't know how to say this. He's too much of a pansy ass to actually take the shot. It's like, ugh, back in Vietnam. Uh, it's like, what? Was it in Vietnam it was a lot easier just using napalm on all the villagers' huts and stuff like that? It's a lot easier because he didn't have to worry about shooting innocents over there, apparently. <laughs> now actually the whole fucking thing to waste. Great. Wait, you mean I have to actually control my fire and not hit women and children? What? Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Crazy. Are you telling me the innocents are white my in this gun. movie? <laughs> Oh. So you tell me when I kill Wolfgar, I don't get to keep his ear. Okay. <laughs> Things are real different now. <laughs> Do you think he thinks that Wolfgar has, like, wolf powers? Oh, 
<laughs> He's going to teach him sex. <laughs> I knew you were going to do that. <laughs> Next oh, week's Oh, my gosh, he quartered. He thought so. But look, Deke, it's a full moon. <laughs> Fuck, dude. Better movie. <laughs> oh. Next week's episode, Alpha and Omega. Anyway, okay, uh, there's another... A <laughs> there's a thing in this movie, and maybe it's because I've had a, a number of beers, or maybe it's because I'm very tired. Uh, I don't know the word to describe this thing. And my only note that I wrote down for is, is uh, man, maybe New York should just get a monorail. Uh <laughs> This what is fucking this cable thing? car this is cable the car. dumbest okay. thing. This whole set piece is so complicated. Hold on, can we? I know it's not really about the movie. Can you imagine taking a cable car to work? It's, I would, I would walk. God, it, I just walk. This whole scene fucking owns because not only is it just pants on head idiotic, but also they stole it from a Bond movie. <laughs> <laughs> Just watching them put that little clip on his belt and raise him up, you're thinking, like, this is probably incredibly unsafe, and it doesn't even look that cool. <laughs> like, he could just fucking die here. If, if any of this clips, I've, I've seen what happened to my good friend Owen. You're just fucking dead, dude, for this stupid movie with Billy D. Williams. And it just looks like trash. He's just slowly raising up, like, almost comically slow. Yeah, and to get that baby. So what he does is he, I think he kills uh, the mom, right? He kills no, the he mom. kills some other random lady. Oh, he kills like, another random lady. He goes up to the, the he goes up to like the French UN guy. He's like, oh, I must borrow your wife, and yeah. then he shoots her and pushes her out of the helicopter. Yeah, he, which we see the whole way that she falls down. I think that's why they did it. They're just like, remember, yeah. they're very high up, so if they fall, big trouble. Uh, meanwhile, he's in a helicopter, and I think he's got, like, a Gatling gun and rockets and a big uh, Game Over 9000 ready to shoot this guy dead. There's civilians in there. I was like, man, I thought this was a Sylvester Stallone movie. <laughs> I'm, like, looking around, and then I'm like, should I just go get, like, a snack well, until he finds my... his balls? <laughs> <laughs> my favorite part of this fucking scene is when Wolfgar is reading his list of demands off. And he's like, like, like each time he reads off the name of another terrorist that he once released, it pans to a different UN guy in the fucking cable car. Like, ah, yes, and the Serbian guy, such and such. And then we see some dude with a dapper mustache, like, turn around, like, the fucking dramatic hamster, like, what? <laughs> <laughs> it's so cool. I'd also like to talk about the uh, squad that they joined. I made a joke uh, from, like, 24. Remember CTU? Um, well, they don't, they're not part of CTU. Instead, they're a part of Attack, Anti-Terrorist Action <laughs> Command. <laughs> so they wear hats that say, Attack. Like, they're fucking that Andrew fucking Yang voice. voters, my favorite. So. <laughs> <laughs> what a cool-ass movie. <laughs> yeah, okay, did we talk about the scene where that flight attendant discovers all his grenades? We did not. <laughs> Forgot to mention it, it is. <laughs> it is an integral part of his character that his M.O., no matter where he goes, is that he finds some lady at a club, takes her home, fucks her, and then puts all his grenades in her closet. He's <laughs> <laughs> carrying that little suitcase up the stairs, setting it on the bed, opening up, and it just... It's a suitcase with nothing but 12 grenades inside. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> he might as well be just whistling the whole time. Put him in the truck. Put him in the closet. <laughs> Next scene. Put the grenades over here. And <laughs> oh, that's so good. Um, so have we talked about Wolfgar's motivation? Yeah, he's a uh, uh, he's a terrorist who's really good at terrorism. But the terrorists, he's you know on the outs with them. He he's too good. apparently like a he's got to get back in. He's like he says all people are victims or something like that. So he literally becomes the Joker. <laughs> yeah, he's got some bullshit motivation in the career. I'm like, oh, it's minute seventy five. We should probably give him a backstory. Yeah, I have to admit, yeah, a lot I'm not of this, buying yeah, it. A lot of this is just guy. like he has a suitcase full of grenades. I'm kind of. He's very tall and forward. Do you hear the way he talks? It's pretty fucked up. Someone should shoot him. Not like this. Fucking pussy Deke. He's <laughs> not man enough to take a life. Unless they're Vietnamese, in which case he can kill 60 of them. Uh, shall we talk about it's our... It's just, like, fucking glossed over. It's like, hey, I'm, I'm not inside to shoot people. <laughs> you killed 60 people in Vietnam. Yeah, it's different. So oh, I have if a... you change your mind. <laughs> I have a theory about this movie. You see, Deke Da Silva is like Bruce Wayne. And when he dresses as a woman, he becomes Batman and is able to kill terrorists. <laughs> it's like a, it's a Benjamin Button thing. Anyway, um, let's talk about the bus driving into the Easter River. <laughs> <laughs> His genius plan to out the terrorists. You see, Wolfgar has an accomplice who is some lady who I'm sure was in other scenes, but they were not notable. Her name was Shaka. That is correct. Her name was Shaka. I do remember that. And his plan is, yo, give me the tape recorder with the data about Shaka on it and a tiny button that I can press that's going to play it over a loudspeaker. So she hears it, freaks out, and then gets shot in the head by a sniper. (laughs) (laughs) Got her ass. It was really funny. It's like, how is this your fucking plan, man? Uh, I'm not going to take a life. Cool. Well, that guy on the roof will, so she's going to poke her head out, say rabbit season, and fucking turn her brain into jelly. Adjusting her bill. Anyway, uh, we go to Wolfgar's safe house, where he has Wolfsbane all over the place, I guess. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, that's where they find that uh, he's looks like he's been taking detailed notes on uh, everyone in the uh, attack squad. Um, Me and my friends here, we have a secret language based on Nintendo characters. <laughs> it's, it's Check out the handle on that GameCube. <laughs> this is the same motivation that inspired Watergate, you know? It's like, well, they're probably taking notes on us. We're going to find their notes that they're uh, spying on us for. Anyway, we don't need to get too political. Fucking head. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of things could be solved if you just shot this guy in the fucking head. He's too white, can't do it. All right, man. Pretty cool. So, so I, before we get to the ball-busting ending, uh, it's important to talk about two things. One, in the uh, again in the CTU training seminar, he talks about oh, throw away all that, you know. Uh, police officer uh, heroism bullshit and you know we, we, what were his words he saw like this isn't about like detective work or using information this is about shooting the bad guy in the head 
Uh, and he's like, well, what if I want to, you know, find evidence and uh, interview suspects? It's like, no, 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 just shoot the terrorist in the head. That's the movie, Sylvester Stallone. You have to shoot the bad guy. Well, I don't want to. Well, you know. So that's one of the things. He's uh, referring to do that and don't do your normal police work. Now we see at the beginning of the movie, his normal police work involves dressing up in a skirt and going around on New York saying, Hello, I'm an innocent lady. Oh, this purse of mine is so heavy with all the gold doubloons. And, uh, you know, fake robbery sort of thing. And Billy D. Williams uses karate to overpower them. Um, that is his normal police work. And the movie, much like Star Wars, is cyclical. It's poetic. It sort of rhymes with itself. And the end of the movie... He dresses up as a little old lady and uh, kills Rucker Howard. And Parker, you and I have talked about this a number of times, and Alex, you've been here as well, uh, where a character gets knocked out of a window, and it's really dramatic. And we, we do like a voice, and we're like, oh, they, like, I think the urban legend one was one that really got us. The, mm-hmm. the window kill in this movie. <laughs> it's so good. It, it was very much one of those, no. <laughs> it sounded like the fucking nemesis from Resident Evil. <laughs> it's, it's like you're looking at the runtime, like we have 45 seconds of movie left. Let's really make this count. <laughs> and then, credits. That's that's what gets me. Is it's very much an ending on par with them. It's the giant ant movie, not the uh, French New Wave. It's, oh. Yeah, it's very much uh, one of those things. Sylvester still looks at what has been wrong. Become death. <laughs> <laughs> like the ending of this movie poses the question: Does he do the lady thing every night? I think that's his routine. How often is this go-to of like? I gotta run away. This whole fucking thing is just like. Oh no, he knows where my ex-wife lives. I'm gonna break into her house and dress in her clothes and just wait for him. Yeah, so... Alright, they all get together. Alright, we should ambush... I'll dress like a lady. <laughs> <laughs> we should ambush him at his hideout. Nah, no, I already got this. Is his character just fucking Bugs Bunny? <laughs> yeah. His, his character Gee, is... Uh, find him attractive when Sylvester Stallone dressed like a lady bunny and put on a dress. He, that's the thing about his character is he originally came up with that so he wouldn't be the dead wife guy anymore. Now he... Oh my god, wait. This now is... I'm just a normal guy with a cool wife. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, I met her on Tinder. She's from India. This is this is literally that Christmas episode of King of the Hill. Why do you keep calling me Bill? <laughs> Sorry. All right, uh, we got a couple guys jaywalking. I already got the dress on. Oh, <laughs> I'll, I'll intercept them. <laughs> his literal, his entire police work is just the meme of call an ambulance, but not for me. <laughs> he pulls a gun out of his dress. The Billy D. Williams does police brutality. <laughs> You think like this movie would have been solved like an hour and twenty minutes earlier if he didn't get appointed to this task force and could have just gone to that club dressed as a lady himself? <laughs> Can you imagine? He'd be like, "Hey, we got a jumper on 39th Street. He's, a... I'm on it." <laughs> you got so much to live for, you do. <laughs> Look at my luscious breasts. You do I squeeze. We got him. <laughs> Take him in. <laughs> 
just at a club. Like, broad shoulders, not lady. Let me. Wolfguard! <laughs> just fucking takes him down, puts a gun to his head. <laughs> Movie's over. This should have been the episode. That's all this. <laughs> Can you imagine there's. Like, Man, you think. <laughs> there's like a fire. There's like an apartment on fire. If you're like, don't worry, I'll help out the police. <laughs> It's yes. like in Spider-Man when he goes in after the lady and just a green goblin underneath that dress. <laughs> you, guys, you guys think Joel watches this movie and goes, oh, well, at least he's never experienced privilege. <laughs> what? <laughs> that was a swing, but I appreciate yeah. it. <laughs> Really called your shot there. <laughs> so I guess we have to ask: Would uh, oh, would the director of the new Black Christmas consider this transphobic? <laughs> <laughs> I told you we were getting canceled for this shit. Anyway, uh, Nighthawks six stars out of five. Side jumper, <laughs> getting tricked to come down. I'm like, man, I can clearly see your beard. <laughs> The Ed Wood of police have a full officers. Beard if, if your fucking go to is to pretend to be an old lady. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we have a domestic dispute on Twitter. I'm already there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, why don't you pick on somebody your own size? It's, he's just. It's like the dramatic thing of him standing up from his desk and sprinting to the door, grabs his badge, grabs his gun, grabs his brassiere. <laughs> <laughs> rips open his shirt and it's just dressing really like stupid. <laughs> you find me a phone book real quick and talk these guys down. <laughs> it's like there's a, well, there's a cat stuck in a tree. I think maybe we could send the deputy. I'm already there. <laughs> oh my god, we have shots fired at a school. Say no more. <laughs> oh, destroyed. <God>, just... <laughs> Are you gonna be toasties? <laughs> The, he's just—he's just pulling the guy from the league out of the towers. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, because my brain went from trench coat mafia to petticoat mafia, and I had to fucking slam the emergency <laughs> brake on that one. <laughs> We're gonna be all fucking. This nice. is great! Oh my goodness! <laughs> the guy from the league. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you think I know his fucking name, man? <laughs> no, it's just, that's the go-to, like, oh, what other things can he prevent? Oh, yeah, the guy <laughs> pretending to be in 9-11. <laughs> so he could be, like, the fifth funniest character on an FX. Uh, I'm sorry, all I, can, all I can think about now is fucking, speaking of Luke Besson, what if he's, like, the cop towards the uh, climax of uh, Leon the Professional? Uh, I want you to send me everyone. Everyone? <laughs> everyone! <laughs> God bless us, everyone. Okay, all right, I'll call them. Fine, whatever. Take all the fun out of the job, sir. <laughs> you think they would have dubbed over Officer Stallone at the end of Patriot's Day? <laughs> Wait, so we have to get off this plane. That guy stands up wearing a dress and points a gun, and then the plane explodes. We have to get the fuck off here. <laughs> well, uh, there's a fender bender on 29th. Billy D, I'm going to need your help with this one. <laughs> I need you to drive so I can change in the passenger seat. <laughs> okay, you know, with their interrogation, good cop, bad lady. <laughs> 
Look, it's nineteen eighty one, you're a black cop in New York. You gotta take the partner you're assigned. You just gotta fucking grin and bear it, man. It's rough out there. Yeah. Where were you on the ninth of August twenty third? <laughs> He sounds like so a phoenix. One? We just created a Phoenix Wright character here. Which one shows up when he's a witness? <laughs> oh, he's Two-Face. Oh, yeah. It might sound a little something like this. <laughs> Full turnaround. <laughs> and, uh, Mr. De Silva, you said that you showed up on the premises at 8.03 p.m. That is correct. And what did you say to the victims? Oh, I told them that they were going to have a lovely day right as soon as we get this all sorted out. Is this just Arrested Development when he's pretending to be the nanny and won't tell them? <laughs> he just constantly <laughs> pretending to be an old British lady. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. You're right. We should watch Body Double last week. <laughs> so, the game of games... <laughs> Man, uh, yes. This episode's not going to be as funny to you when you have a full right, night's sleep, yeah. I promise you. <laughs> it's a good thing I got the new Tony Hawk for a skater trimming. so I can do that. <laughs> Alright, well, it might get a little bit funnier for Chris right now. Because oh, uh, now that I've done the uh, the tabulations here, <laughs> uh, it would appear that... uh Oh shit, what did I do? <laughs> G-Force experience, no thank you! <laughs> I'm leaving that in. You can update your traffic. Say, oh, <laughs> We're gonna be texting each other this shit. Well, <laughs> anyway, this math says Parker and I are five and five, and Chris is six and four. So, Chris, for for each of you, buddy. I get one. God, yes, you get one. Like one forty minutes ago. Okay, okay. Dying. Don't worry, I got We're almost done here. Don't okay. worry. And the good uh, news is, I'm only really funny right now. Hey, good news. I'm I'm gonna sign you each good movie. Um, Alex, uh, one asterisk. Yeah, Alex, you got one cut of the dead. Um, I've already seen it. Oh. I thought you hadn't. Shit. Oh, no, no, no. We've talked about this. Shit. I'm sorry. Uh, pivot back to you. I had a backup. Um, Parker, I'm going to give you Stop Making Sense by the Talking Heads. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, you say you don't like songs? Too bad. Uh, for... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, didn't... Yeah, well, we were talking about Repo the Genetic Opera. <laughs> I don't like those songs. <laughs> Maybe you'd like the songs in the Steven Universe movie more, Parker. Okay. Yeah, Stop making sense. It is good call. No take backs. Uh, Alex, since you don't have to, since you don't. Sorry. Oh no! <clears throat> I don't like Fuck. where this is going. Well, I I had a good movie for you, but if you've already seen it, I have to pivot back to the bad movie. So you get to watch Alpha and Omega. Dogs are basically canines. Same like family tree. So. Your animated dog movie is Alpha. I don't Alpha even know Anna. what this movie is. Oh boy. I guess I'll find out. Yeah. All right, moving on. It's an, it's an animated movie about wolves. And I saw it, and I was like, oh boy. And they go and they buy foam. So uh, what's next in the Chris, game of games? <laughs> Chris, I appreciate you not assigning me the Call of the Wild. Not assigning you what? The Call of the Wild. Oh, no. <laughs> that's, that's you know, we'll go find that. All right. One. So uh, here's the thing about the Jets. And also the football team. A big 0-2 up on the board. Oh, no. uh, Damn it. The Jets aren't going to win a game this year. All right, Chris, since you won the week, I'll let you pick which die I roll first. Because I have so many options that I split them between the two teams. Okay. What the fuck? So am I picking a die or am I picking one of the teams? You're picking one of the teams. I'm rolling on... Yeah. Well, 
I will go with local place and choose the Washington football team. All right, Washington football team. Here we go. Just poured Rice Krispies. <laughs> How many was that? Um, it sounds like Geomancy. He just dropped a bunch of sticks look, and see where they point. I'm not going to lie. It was six dice, but we're only using two of them here. What the fuck? <laughs> I mean, you gotta drop the extra ones for effect. Okay, alright, okay. alright. Well, I'm glad we dropped these extra dice. Yeah, me too. Because you guys have landed on Yankee Swap. Well, okay. So here's how this is gonna work. First and foremost, I'm gonna share my screen. Oh boy. Uh, okay. Da, 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 da. Go live. Alright. Uh, Let me know this is screen. working. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Same as oh, the last time. I was oh, Yankee swaps over like swap teams, I guess. Oh, Parker. Well, <laughs> there you are. Well, oh, well. Oh, Parker. <laughs> harder than you'd phone. think, huh? <laughs> I clicked it on my phone. I was like, oh, cool. You want to watch it just on here? <laughs> Correct. <laughs> okay, so here's the thing. I will explain how this works. Everyone will have the option to protect two of their teams before we start. Mm -hmm. And then, in order... We will trade one of our teams for another team from another player of our choice. So, I will go first. I am protecting the Ravens and the Cardinals. Okay. Uh, do do I go next or? Yeah, yeah, it doesn't matter. I, Either one. I will protect the Chiefs and God, my teams suck. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they do. Yeah, how did I win? Um, I'm gonna go with. Uh, Protect the Buccaneers. Protects the Chiefs and the Buccaneers. All right, Parker. Oh, foolish. <clears throat> I will do my boys and also my Hawks. Call. Call, call. Jesus. All right. Now, uh... Dare take my lines. Let's roll for the order here. <laughs> All right. Uh, Chris, you get to steal first, then Parker, then me. Uh, so it's swapping one of my teams for... You can choose which team you give to the other person in exchange for one of your teams. Okay. Or in exchange for one of their teams, teams. of yeah, yeah, your yeah, choice. Okay. Sure. Um, who's blue? Again, I forgot who's blue. That would be me. Yeah. Um, I would like to... No. Oh, jeez. Oh, boy. Almost <laughs> almost made a decision. <laughs> oh. Um... Uh, tell you what, I would like to trade my 49ers for your Raiders. All right, so the 49ers are now blue, the Raiders are now red. All right, Parker. <laughs> would it be a dick move just to take the Raiders back? <laughs> I'm assuming there's no, like... It's, it's Yankee yeah, Swap, every... brother. You do what makes you happy. I really should have taken the bills. I didn't even see them. Well, that's too bad, because I'm taking my bills. And, taking uh... another one of my teams, I see. <laughs> Just go ahead and have those chargers. Because, <laughs> uh, boy, guess who didn't know Teddy Bridgewater was fucking... On the Panthers? I, I think Justin Excuse Herbert me. looks good, though, so... Yeah, I'm very happy with that trade. Yeah. Um, I want more memes. You know what it is. That's a good point. Yeah. Of course. We're not here for the W's. Skip. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. I get to pick here. I got a couple of really good options. So, Chris, I'm going to be taking the Rams off your hands. 
You like Jared Goff, and, huh? And you can enjoy the Minnesota Man, Vikings. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yum yum. Fucking shit. Yum yum it. yum. <laughs> Serves you right for taking my Raiders. Now. Now we will roll the Jets die. Oh fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, the Jets stop. All right. (laughs) Good news. This is a game you guys know the rules of. We are playing Liar's Hell Light. Oh. Okay. So, rather than both of us, you know, each of us giving a movie to two other people, it will be one person each, and I will roll to see who gets who real quick. All right, I get Chris, Chris gets Parker, and Parker gets me. So, So I give a movie to Parker? Yes, okay. you can go first if you want. Uh, ask him if he hasn't seen it. Okay. Um, yes. And it has to be one I haven't seen before. Correct. Uh, can, can I go last? Uh... Sure. Parker, you want to go next or should I? <clears throat> I'm assigning to you, right? Yes, to me. Oh, buddy. Just thinking about all those Larry the Cable Guy movies. <laughs> I know, buddy. <laughs> I'm going to take a Hail Mary that uh, this might backfire on me, but... Uh... Did you ever see Southland Tales? I did not. It's actually on my hard drive right now, so I'm... Nice. <laughs> I feel like it, no matter which of us sees it, something interesting will come out of it. Look, that movie's like two and a half hours. Even if I enjoy it, I'll remember this. I'm so sorry. I didn't it's, know. I understand. It's okay. Now, this <laughs> might back... Delta Farce, man. <laughs> now, this might backfire on me, but... Chris, have you seen Without a Paddle? I have! Fuck! <laughs> that wow, that's incredible. Uh without a paddle is actually one of the ones that uh that goth girl made me watch. <laughs> and it's not a horror movie, so I don't really know why she did. Uh well, you know how those goths dudes. feel about you know, Dak Shepard and Seth Green. It's it's not exactly a great movie, but you've seen a lot worse. Of course. I just wanted I wanted to hear more about Seth Green, not from my own mouth. <laughs> <laughs> you say that. Um, anyway, uh, Parker, have you ever seen a movie called The Hands of Orlock? Uh, that's a really, really old one, right? Yeah, 19... Shit. 1924, have you seen it? Because I watched a lot of those. I know, yeah. I don't know if it was short, it was, uh, just old. I mean, I just fucking speed them up if they're silent movies. I don't read that slow. I'm stupid, but goddamn. <laughs> uh, I don't think so. Hey, there you go. Wow, that's our first bumper nuts of the season. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad it was me. Wow, that's that's. Uh, I was not expecting that. Um, okay, so I've made my assignments. You have made yarn. Uh, next week's episode is Ricochet. That's the tea, sis.